This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Joining you tonight, it's Ian, Michelle, and Mark. As we get ready to wrap out this week of in-studio shows, not quite, I mean, we still have uh, Saturday and Sunday, but then Monday, the Porcupine Freedom Festival is kicking off in Lancaster, New Hampshire at Rogers Campground. People are posting on the Porkfest 2011 page on Facebook that they are hitting the road, they're getting on airplanes, they are already arriving in New Hampshire, so a lot of folks... From as uh, far as Australia. Yes, that's right. Uh, and we had somebody actually here visiting last night from Portugal as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it really is, Porc- uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival really is an international event, and the Free State Project is an international movement uh, because people around the world value freedom. Uh, they want to be free, and uh, when they look around, they notice that, uh, well, they've got anything but that. So that's why they understand the idea of getting together with other like-minded people. And that's going to be what Porkfest is all about. It's going to be about bringing hundreds of like-minded people together into the same place and having a darn good time uh, as well. We'll tell you more about the Porkfest here in a little bit. But it's, you know, the buzz is already started. Uh, Mandrick, actually, who we talk about on the show, I think we can make Baklava this... George. Yeah, I think we can make, make this announcement. I've been teasing it for a little while. Uh, but Mandrick is now moved to new hampshire sweet which is right we talk about mandrick's baklava on the show and he makes some killer baklava i've actually got some in the freezer if you guys want some but um not you guys but us guys in well the mandrick has some in his studio. freezer too i'm sure so if you want some from mandrick you could just go to mandrick.com you get to call in and say i'll take that was i the third caller well, baklava is kind of a, a location oriented thing you have, yeah. to be, you have to be where it is in time and space to consume it Although he does send it out. Yeah, yeah. He will will move it through time and space to get it to you (laughs) for money. He will send it out to you, uh, and you can go and get details on that at mandrick.com. But just a really nice guy. Mandrick. Correct. M-A-N-D-R-I-K. Really nice guy. And I'm glad to see him here. He's had a tough tough road, though. Um, He's one of those people who... And he's actually going to be on the Sunday show, from what I understand, this That's weekend right. with you, Mark. So right. I'm sure you can talk more to him about this. But he's one of those guys who came to the ideas of liberty, but unfortunately his significant other didn't. And so that resulted in him, in a, I guess, finding himself in a real frustrating position. I mean, you've got the, the person you, that you love uh, who just can't see the light, for lack of a better term, who can't use not, see the importance not, of the light, I think, right, is yeah. mostly. Yeah, has not grasped. Uh, the, the relevance of this and of course when you find the ideas of freedom and they mean something to you as they do to me that's why i moved to new hampshire is so i could be more free in my lifetime get active that's why we're all here yes uh when you find those ideas it's it becomes one of the most important things in your life and kind of the foundational um you know well if your foundational beliefs are all shared by people in a central location why would you want to be anywhere Anywhere else else. plus when you're with somebody who's important to you you want to grow together with that person you don't want to grow apart and if that person just doesn't get it or they get it but they can't see why it's important or whatever their their issue is and you're growing apart from them that is that is a difficult situation it's it's difficult especially if you've got kids And, and he does yeah and so what he ended up doing he uh he told me earlier this year that he was planning on staying in the Pennsylvania area where he's from to um, for his kids' sake. And then he realized that 
if he's not happy where he is, then what good is he going to be to his kids? So he figured, and he wasn't happy in Pennsylvania. So he figured, move to where he'll be happy, and then he'll be better for his kids when he can go and see them or have them come see him or whatever it is that would work out with that. But you can see how the bitterness might be created in this situation. Anytime anybody gets a, a you know, change in philosophy that's so uh, you know, profound as uh, finding the ideas of liberty can be for some people – uh, you know, it can cause problems. There's no doubt, and you can see how some people might be. We broke up my marriage. The ideas of mm-hmm. liberty broke up my marriage. I have a, I have probably a little bit of a different view than other people. You know about I've that. Th- I found having, that to be true generally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, having, <laughs> I'm pretty much one of the only people around that's raised three humans. Some people have some young kids. Mm-hmm. Most don't have any. So you know, I tend to be, um, even though I believed in liberty that whole time i definitely made different choices because i was a single mom mm-hmm. i my my husband left to go be happy too <laughs> <laughs> um so in any case um the uh, uh uh kids though you know i was a single mom and so i made choices differently than had i not been a mother i would have you know, gone, come out here or been much more active and on the, I don't want to say on the offense in like a, a battle sort of way, but I would have maybe been proactive, more proactive, definitely. Well, you've got your chance movement. now, apparently. You've got a, a ticket and you'll be going to court for that. Yes, I was, I've been summoned. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to happen uh, next month. That's probably an arraignment, though, that you're going to uh, next month and not not likely to be the trial. Right. So, uh, but at, at some point, you're going to be going to court, just like many of us have. So. I will be going to court. I'm actually really excited. You know, um, I've kind of been wondering, uh, people keep saying, you better register your cars. I'm like, well, okay. When the car's gone and the truck's gone, there's the motorcycle, at which point I will then get a horse. I love to ride. <laughs> and um, I might have to tether him outside in your, you know, just in your grass there. He'll keep it mowed. Well, the, the registration issue is an, uh, an interesting one because... Uh, I was actually pulled over at one point for driving a car which is registered in New Hampshire but didn't have a New Hampshire tag on it. And that's because I was I was driving with a, a private license plate that I'd had custom made. So you took the plate off. I took the New Hampshire. It wasn't my car. It was somebody who gave this car to me and it was still under his name and it was still registered in New Hampshire. So it was a it was a violation of the New Hampshire statutes to drive a car with anything else but a New Hampshire plate on it if it was registered in New Hampshire, which made me wonder what would hap- have happened, if anything, if the car was registered elsewhere and had the private plate on it. Hmm. Because New Hampshire can't enforce the laws of Michigan. So if, it would probably be illegal in Michigan to do the same thing, but New Hampshire can't enforce that. So I've always wondered uh, about that. At some point, I'm going to probably put that p- private plate on, and uh, we'll find out mm-hmm. uh, eventually what happens there. But what they're saying is that, well, if you've lived in New Hampshire for more than 60 days, then you have to uh, register the car there. And I'd like to see what the proof of obligation is on that claim. Well, it was interesting because he asked for my proof of registration, and I gave him this piece of paper that I had collected in Tennessee when I had gone into the DMV. Um, my thought was that because I had two children who were driving my vehicle, that it was one thing for me to have the beliefs I did, but to push that off onto them when they were already driving without licenses might be kind of pushing it a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll get one of the vehicles registered that they drive. So I actually went in to try to register my truck that I had bought in Nevada when I lived in California, but then I moved to Alabama and then Tennessee. <laughs> 
It's confusing uh, <laughs> array of places this truck has been. So, right. So um, the, it has never been registered. And when I tried to get it registered in Tennessee, the DMV basically told me that the paperwork was too confusing. So they just gave me this piece of paper <laughs> that had that had a license plate number on it. But there's no registration number. So the cop says, well, this isn't actually registered. I'm like, hey, it's what the DMV gave me. And he says, well, can I see your license? I said, nope. And he said, why not? I said, I don't have it. He goes, do you have one? I said, yep. And he said, well, where is it? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it is. And he said, okay, I'd like your name and, and uh, date of birth, which I was. Th- I so thought- you didn't get charged with driving without a license? No, I That's didn't. Interesting. And, um, and so, but I have no tickets or any of those things. So mm-hmm. maybe if I had, they would have, I don't know. But um, I thought it was interesting. They didn't ask for my social security number as a means of identifying me, which that's the, this is the first time I've ever been stopped when they haven't wanted to use that as a means of identifying. As opposed to the driver's license. Correct. Right. I wonder what they would say if you said, I set the card on fire a decade ago and I just don't remember the number. Well, when he told me to get into <laughs> compliance, I said, do you remember who I am? And I said, do you recognize me? And he said, yes. I said, yeah, you came to my house and my son called the cops. Remember, you waited outside in 11-degree weather for an hour and a half. <laughs> Toll-free number here tonight, 800-259-9231. You can tell us of uh, your driving odysseys if you'd like, or you can bring up absolutely anything. There's lots to discuss here, including the case of self-immolation, which we never really got into uh, in detail last night. would like to, uh, to do that for you. Plus, you can bring up what's on your mind, 800-259-9231. Take control. It's Free Talk Live. You already know that you can support Free Talk Live and the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund by starting your Amazon or Newegg shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But did you know that you can also spend bitcoins at Amazon or Newegg? That's right. Start your Amazon or Newegg shopping at spendbitcoins.com, and you can buy just about anything with bitcoins. So if you're using fiat currency, start all your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But when you want to spend bitcoins, start all your bitcoin shopping at spendbitcoins.com. That's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, bring up anything, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we give to you there free. We've got a mobile site for those of you with a smartphone. You want to get quick access to our streams, not a problem. Go to m.freetalklive.com. You can also access the podcast through that link, m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. If you're on any medications, any medications or prescription, and you're getting them at a local pharmacy, you're likely paying more than you have to. Discount prescription services can get you your meds at discounts as high as 70% off, and they can deliver them right to your door. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com. You can click become a member there on the left-hand side of the page or call the telephone number. It's an 800 number right there on the page. Their customer service is excellent. They third-party certify all their drugs against you know counterfeits and that kind of thing. They'll walk you through every step of the way. And you'll save big time. It's meds.freetalklive.com. It doesn't matter if it's Zetia, Nexium, Lipitor, Ablify, Boniva. 
Cialis or Viagra. It's meds.freetalklive.com. We are just days away from the kickoff of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. People are moving into New Hampshire temporarily, some of them, uh, some visiting from around the world. And others have made the move permanently. Mandrik, I mentioned before, from mandrik.com. He sells baklava, and it's very tasty. Uh, one of our advertisers, he's actually made the move up here from, I believe, the Philly area. And a great guy. And he's made the move to Keene, by the way, which I think is uh, is important to uh, You love out. it when people move to Keene. I love You're it. You're partial. Yeah, of course. Of course I am. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a, of, of a rivalry between Keene and Manchester. I know. Yeah. So I split the difference, but I'm closer to Keene. I see. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, and uh, Mandrick's here, and I'm sure other people are also making the move. It's just common. When uh, Porkfest happens, a lot of people will move up. Either they'll plan to move up, or they'll move up and, or not move up, but they'll, they'll come to visit during Porkfest, and they'll love it so much they just won't leave. I so moved that at the same too. time. Yeah. So Sunday is my one-year anniversary. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, in fact, you're throwing a party to celebrate your one-year anniversary. <laughs> so let's continue here with you and your thoughts, your calls. Uh, Dina is listening in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live, Dina. Dina? Hi. Hey, you're on the air. Um, I just had, we had an interesting discussion yesterday, and I was kind of wondering what everybody else's thoughts are um, about people who are married and have online, quote-unquote, relationships where they don't lead anywhere, and my husband, my, in my own thing, my husband has no problem with it, but it was amazing to me how many women actually think that's considered cheating. No, we, just, to just to clarify, clarify, just to clarify, we're talking about you being, say, like on an OK Cupid or something like that, and something just chatting? Like, that, like on Second Life. Uh, on Second, Second Life. Okay. Yeah, you, you get your little character, and sometimes you do naughty things. Sometimes it's just talking and things like that. But it amazed me how many women thought it was cheating, and what was more amazing is how many men thought it was cheating. Okay, so here's my arbiter, uh, and I'd love to hear what Michelle and Mark think on this, but I would say that if you're doing it behind your husband's back, then there's an aspect of dishonesty there. But if you're saying, to, if you're saying hey, this is what I'm up to, then that's not cheating. Right, you can't be cheating if your spouse knows about it. Right. Um, you know, what, no matter what it is that you're doing, you're not cheating if they know, because uh, to me, marriage is about uh, primarily about uh, you know, communication and telling, yeah. telling the truth. Um, I would say that it is tacky behavior and for me cheating is about you know what's done in one's heart as opposed to what's done in real life so uh you know i i I think that it is cheating if you're choosing to you know keep it quiet and you know you're especially if it's the same person you're you're definitely having an affair of the heart yeah i i think that when you're missing just a certain part of a, a physical aspect of your partner's life and you're not seeking it anywhere else. You're not out to bars. You're not out cheating. However, whatever, we work a lot of hours. We're not always there for each other physically. But we get the emotional stuff together, and we do the little bit of time that we have together. We cuddle and do all that spooning kind of stuff. But the sexual part of it, I don't think that it is cheating in that I'm not sneaking around. I'm not Yeah, telling. but wouldn't a vibrator be so much more fulfilling than some uh- online chatting? Um, but you can't make a vibrator call out your name. That's- is it in text form, or is it by the end of the show, someone will have a vibrator that does just that? Okay. But I, I you know, there's going to be marketed one that goes, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. Amen to that. 
That will be the most replayed portion of this uh, yeah, particular program. There's going to be a lot of guys that is a ringtone here shortly. Yeah, I bet you're right. Hey, uh, Dina, so, uh, well, Michelle, do you agree with uh, where Mark and I are coming from? Like, if her husband is aware that this is what she's doing, then it's not cheating. Okay, yes, in general, I would say so. However, there are some really sad um, and miserably unhealthy people who, for example, um, you could tell your husband, this is what I'm doing, you're honest, but he is so broken and so undone that the fact he's like, I can't stop you, so I guess it's okay that you told me. And you know what? That's between you and your husband or whoever, you know, this couple is out there. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, it's not just important to be transparent. It's also important to be thoughtful, you know, and considerate. And, you right. know, when I think of the kind of woman I was 20 years ago, I was so much perkier in so many ways. But I was also, um, I was... Uh, I was Jealous? a she-devil. No, I was a she-devil. I mean, I just... <laughs> well, I tranch on those hearts. Hey, Dina, how does he feel? I mean, how does your husband feel about this? He actually kind of thinks it's erotic in that, A, he kind of likes to watch a little bit, and he kind of likes the reaction the other person has, but he also knows that it's never going anywhere. I will never see that person. Mm-hmm. And it kind of adds a little spice when we're done it up together. There you go. Oh, I think you should get some some erotica reading. I think you and your husband have like many more years ahead of you of like. It sounds it sounds fun. fine. I mean, yeah. it sounds like what you've got going on is completely a healthy relationship as far as you're communicating yeah. uh, with each other. And on top of that, it's not it's not diminishing your relationship. So not at all. So go great. get your sexy on. So what else oh, is on your girl, mind tonight? I got Anything my sexy going on? I rock cougar town. <laughs> oh my. my! My husband's four, twenty-five, and I'm forty-two. Wow, oh my. sugar mama! Yeah. So it rocks. Wait, hey. he's he's twenty-five, and you're forty-two. I'm forty-two, and he's twenty-five. Yeah, that's perfect. Hey, uh, Dina, what what else do you want? What else do you want to share with us tonight? Um, that's about it because my husband's like going. Let's go upstairs now. You're good. You <laughs> just have a super <laughs> night then. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Rawr. Cougar. Yeah. My oh my. No, I said if she if she could still be a milf. How young? Uh, what's the age disparity that you need to have to be a cougar? Like if she's forty two, right? Is uh, thirty two cougar? Is no. Well, the difference cougar? is that it was explained to me because I asked I asked my daughter who you know is up on those words. If you're a milf, if the guys are coming after you, yes, I understand. You're that. a cougar if you're going after them. But is it anybody who's younger than you? I'm, what am I asking? Is like if she's forty two and he's forty one. Obviously, that's not really a cougar. But if she's forty two and he's 30, is that a cougar? Is he 35? What, at what age, what kind of difference do you need to have before I'd you become a cougar? I'd say it has to be more than 10. More than, more 10. than 10? Half, half of your age plus 2. She knows all the rules. <laughs> 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Doesn't matter. Whatever issue it is. Maybe your relationship. We'll talk about anything. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com.
This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you'd like. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features for free. we got a webcam. You can go and watch and listen, cam.freetalklive.com. Also, the chat room built into the very same page, uh, cam.freetalklive.com. Of course, as you mentioned that there, uh, and it's free, but we mentioned that it's Porkfest, uh, pre, what is it, I guess, uh, pre-Porkfest weekend. Not quite the eve of Porkfest, but the, uh, the weekend prior to Porkfest, and people are coming in. It's the PP weekend. There, people are coming in uh, all over New Hampshire. They're kind of touring around, maybe checking out different areas like Keene and Manchester and the Seacoast and you know, seeing what things are like outside of Porkfest. And then, of course, Monday, Porkfest kicks off. So we've got uh, actually uh, one of our regular chatters from Australia is, uh, is in the studio tonight. So Phil's here from, uh, from Australia, and I think that uh, another young lady from Canada is going to be here tomorrow night. So it's like a, it's a tour of chatters here I on our webcam. I wonder how many people from other countries are going to be at Porkfest because there's there, there are a a lot of them. Well, we Minnie, had the guy from Portugal yeah, here last night. Minnie yep. is from Portugal. That's right. Mm-hmm. And many, many are coming to visit for Porkfest, and many live here. So you've got that added aspect of it all. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, 800-259-9231 is our number here. Are you tired of watching the value of the dollar plummet? Are you tired of banks charging you fees? Do you want to take back control of your own money? Take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. It's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You could use Bitcoins anywhere in the world, and their their overall value is growing with time. There's been a bit, a bit of a dip in the Bitcoin market. Is it a buying opportunity? I don't know. Is I have correction? no idea. I keep hoping it drops below a dollar again, but it's sixteen eighty right I now. I think you can forget that. <laughs> You're probably right. But it, was lower, it was lower than that today, and you know, so the people that bought today at thirteen something or yeah. whatever it was, and then bought at sixteen, uh, now at sixteen eighty, they've increased their money by oh, I don't know, getting close to twenty percent or something like that. Learn more. Visit weusecoins.org. It's weusecoins.org. All right, so 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls, and ladies continue to come first here. Stang is on the line, which is an unusual name for a female, uh, in St. Louis. Stang, yeah, Hi. free talk live. Hi, Hi, how are you? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I'm actually calling to talk about, I don't know whether you've read about this kid down in Rushville, Indiana, who they, they were charging him with a felony for putting a blow-up doll in the girls' restroom in his high school as a high school prank. Oh, what? my. And what felony? Yeah, no, I've not heard of yeah. this. What is the felony about? It's a class. They've charged him with a Class C felony um, for institutional criminal mischief. Wow. And they've also charged him with a misdemeanor. He's looking at doing two to eight years in prison if he's Jeez. convicted. Oh, it's my gosh. That is so crazy. I guess you know, we've just come across the criminal mischief charge for the first time up here with the activists in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. But I've didn't, never heard of institutional criminal mischief, which it sounds to me like they take that more seriously because the word institutional means, well, you are mischiefing with a government. You are causing mischief with our government agency and our institution, which is the, the government school. Uh, wow, that's outrageous. Well, I think they've charged him based on the fact that um, when the school went to go in and see what the package was, instead of going in and checking, since this kid has, like, no record, hasn't had any problems in school, they called in the bomb and arson squad. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my this gosh. Is, this is exactly oh, what it is. They, they will constantly uh, do this to recover for their own stupidity. These bureaucrats, whether they're blowing up, uh, you know, little flashing signs that people are using for marketing purposes, their own road counters, uh, rocking horses, kid, children's toys that they find. I mean, anything. Oh, I could have a bomb in it. I mean, yeah. it's, anything could have a bomb in it. Backpacks. Somebody's been watching too many Hollywood movies. And if you actually go, I just went and I looked up blow up doll on google news search and that will find of course anything that's regarding a blow up doll and there's another story in the news from toronto where uh somebody has been busted for using a blow up doll in the hov lane so in some cities you've got this left lane (laughs) where you're supposed to have yeah you're supposed to have more than one person in the car and so some people use a blow up doll to make it look like they've got a second person in the car so they can be in the hov lane this guy only got a ticket so isn't that also institutional criminal mischief i mean it's the institution of the roads he's uh creating mischief we're not hoping that for him no i'm not but the discrepancy it's a clear discrepancy here oh this is i mean he's clearly being overcharged and um actually if you go to google and you look up um kyle morton that's the kid's name You'll see there's a link for a site called freetylemorton.org. There's a lot of people that have really kind of rallied together and said, you know what, this isn't cool. This kid has a shot at college. He's never been in trouble. His grades are good. Mm. And the county's embarrassed. I mean, that's what it all boils down to is it costs the county $8,000. They're embarrassed. You know, you wonder whether it's $8,000 or not. Like, it depends on how you calculate this thing. These bureaucrats, these uh, these bomb squad cops, likely have other jobs uh, within the police department hassling people in some manner or another. They're getting paid a salary regardless of what they're doing. So, I mean, are they taking the hours that this guy gets, you know, his his cost per hour and then calculating that? I mean, they already have the bomb squad vehicle. They had a bomb squad in Manatee County where I lived, and the guy just drove this thing around all over the place and basically I, I don't know what the hell he did he obviously didn't pull over speeders or anything but uh, you know I mean he was doing nothing otherwise so is is it really a waste of money I mean the position is a waste of money I'll give you that but they've already got the position so does it really cost them anything extra is what I always wonder well, I think the way well my perception anyway is that the DA by taking this entire thing to court is spending more than $8,000. That much is true. He's going to go sure. in front of a jury. So he's, in essence, as guilty as what he's you know, charging this kid with. Sorry, bureaucrats can't be, can't be guilty of anything. They're I, the chosen I, of ones. Of course not. Of course not. I However, thought for a moment this was a good theory, prank. I, I thought for a moment this was a good prank, right? Like a senior prank kind of thing. I mean, he's just having fun. Was. But he didn't even blow it up. According no, to the, it was still in the box. Right, it was just in a box. I mean, <laughs> What? It's insane. It, 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 that it is. It's absolutely crazy. So yeah. what we're hoping is... What do they think know, this is? Asked, Batman? Like the Joker puts a, <laughs> uh, an inflated blow-up doll that, that, that fills with poison gas and kills <laughs> all the girls <laughs> in, the, yeah. in the locker room? And, <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. insane. Stan, you have a, a really great opportunity. I, it doesn't sound like you are near Indiana where this took place. Are you? I'm, I'm about three hours out. Okay. Well, you know, I've just been reading about so many um, awesome communities outside of New Hampshire and, and where we live where people are rallying and are saying no to the police, whether it's the Floridians who are feeding the homeless people and week over after week. Over and over Yeah, again. and they're getting arrested week after week. And, you know, these are opportunities to just to, you know, chop at the uh, the clay feet of the state and it will crumble. But, you know, you got to take your outrage and your disgust and, you know, 
do something in an activist sort of way with that. You know what I mean? Otherwise, then we're just kind of stitching and, you know, complaining. We have. We have the, actually, I'm the webmaster for the .org, the freetylemorton.org website I just sent you guys to. Okay. And um, there's also a Facebook, and I am partnered. There's a, a group of awesome college kids up in, high school and college kids up in Connecticut um, that have also been really super you know, and working very, very hard on this. We've contacted the DA. We've contacted uh, news outlets. We've been a little bit, we're getting to be a little bit more on the blog circuits, and people are really kind of picking up the story because they're understanding that this isn't fair. Um, I think most of us have done a senior prank or two, depending on how many years some people were seniors. (laughs) Well, where was it? You know, the question is, is where was the victim in this? You know, the institution they're saying is the victim. These, the poor, these poor high school girls have never seen a blow-up doll. They've never seen a box. <laughs> right, exactly. Still in the box. It would have been funnier. I think it would have been a better prank had he actually taken the time to blow it up. But I could understand why he was maybe in a rush to get in and out of the bathroom and maybe a little bit nervous about uh, doing this. And Stang, I'm glad that you're on the you know the case here because I hadn't seen this story. And thank goodness for our listeners who call in with some of the you know the most interesting stuff. Uh, will you do us a favor and kind of keep us in the loop on this? Oh, absolutely. Um, and you can also reach me the, uh, through the contact link on the website. And one more time, plug that site again. It's free, P-Y-E-L-L, P-Y-E-L-L, Morton, M-O-R-T-O-N, dot org. T-Y-E-L-L, freetilemorton.org. And uh, Stang, thanks for the heads up, and I hope to hear good news. And I hope this guy doesn't cop a plea deal in this uh, in this case, and he actually does go in front of that jury. And thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Blow them up if you want. It's free time. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Take control of these airwaves. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features on the site. They're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. All right, so uh, lots to discuss here. Still to come, (laughs) hopefully, we'll tell you more about this uh, guy that set himself ablaze. He self-immolated in front of the courthouse two days ago here in our very own Keene, New Hampshire. And uh, it's, it's obviously become a nationwide uh, story to some extent. And we'll, uh, we'll clue you in on as to uh, what has happened. But of course, we'll take your calls about absolutely anything. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones and the fun. Triton is listening in Connecticut. Triton, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hey, Triton. What's on your mind tonight? It's actually Tristan. Tristan. And, um, Don't you think Triton's not, a lot cooler, though? I love <laughs> the name Tristan. Tristan and his old. Hmm. Hey, Tristan and Triton. It's all relative. Um, <laughs> Stang just called in. I am the college student 
that thing was talking about, and I'm the creator of Facebook.com slash FreeTileMorton. I just want to plug that really quickly. We have over 3,000 supporters from around the world. In fact, our biggest supporters are in Belgium right now. Hmm. Hmm. So Stang and I have been working together to spread the word to media and government contacts. Those Belgian uh, blow-up doll activists. Have you been in touch with uh, Tyle Morton? Uh, yes, we have been in contact with uh, Tyle and his family. Right now, Tyle has been out on bail. It was a $33,000 bail. Holy mackerel. And, right, and he awaits trial on August 2nd. And basically, we want the prosecutor to drop the felony charge and drop the misdemeanor charge because we think that's absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the, it, the, the, the government shouldn't be involved in this other than the school. If the school can't handle a student uh, you know, and their behavioral problems, they shouldn't be in business in the first place. Yeah, it'd be one thing to make them go out and pick up some garbage around the school grounds or something like that. It seems like, like a but... telephone bomb's what's uh, needed here. You know, you call the uh, prosecutor, tell everybody, call the prosecutor at this number, tell them what you think. That's what they're just, doing down in Tie Orlando. up their lines for two days. That's what they've begun to do down in Orlando, as I understand it, is a, a mass yes. phone calling. Regarding the homeless, feeding the homeless. Right, regarding yeah. the fact that the police have arrested 21 people over two weeks for uh, feeding hungry people. And usually it doesn't work, like, they, they don't say, okay, we give up. What they, they do is they just get kind of get, like, they oh, get annoyed. Man, they're, they're, is a, they're just so annoid that they, they kind of sweep the Well, they don't like the, the fact rug. that their voicemails continue to get full, and they can't actually hear from the people that they are important right. to them. You know, the, the little bit of uh, discomfort that they have to deal with with uh, the telephone phone bombs is nothing compared to the discomfort they they cause peaceful people but i don't know if i would continue using the term telephone bomb it uh, kind of i don't know has a negative connotation yeah, I guess to you're it right. if you start ca- calling it a telephone bomb then they'll start charging you with terrorism if uh, right. that's the case flood the phone lines there you go yeah, that one's flood. good nice alliteration too mm, thank you <laughs> it made, Actually, made a it's huge not really difference. alliteration. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> it made a huge difference, though, um, in uh, in Washington D.C. with the dancers. Did it? Yes, actually, the um, the police. Uh, I had two different, three different phone lines at my house, so I was able to use all three of them, one, two, three, in a row, in order to call. And they, by the time I had done my third one, they were just saying into the phone. I didn't even say anything, and they said, "Stop calling." They had no idea who I was. Alliteration is the uh, repetition of a particular sound. Oh, so you were, uh, yeah, so it is an alliteration. Got it. So uh, what else do you want to tell us about this, uh, Triton? Anything we're missing? (laughs) You know, I might have to stick with the nickname Triton from now on. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's what's written in front of me. I I didn't correct it. (laughs) It's it's okay. It's okay. Um, I just want to make the point that um, he faces two to eight years in prison. Yeah, it's crazy. Or a freaking blow-up doll. And I was looking up uh, some of the uh, people who face two-day years in prison. And those are sex traffickers, rapists, mm-hmm. even people who commit manslaughter. And one, really putting this into perspective, Tile is not a criminal. Tile is a student who committed a senior prank that was kind of dumb, and that's about it. Right, the, a very... Uh... Yeah, the only yeah, dumb part great. was he didn't take the time to blow the doll up. I mean, that would have been a lot funnier to come into the uh, the bathroom stall and actually see right. a blow-up doll. If blow-up dolls weren't funny, they wouldn't have them in so many Hollywood movies. They're they're funny. Yeah, like an airplane. That's classic stuff. 
Hey, thanks for the heads up on this. Appreciate hearing from you, and uh, definitely keep us in the loop, or you or, or Stang. Uh, give us a call and let us know as this case develops. I imagine they're going to do what they normally do, and thanks for the call tonight. I imagine they're going to do what they usually do, and that is they're going to bluster as, as much as they can about this. Fel- it's a felony, son. You better look out. You're looking at eight years in prison. Now, here's our plea deal. We'll give you six months probation and a $3,000 fine. Now, yeah, and the thing about this is, you know, so the school overreacts or, or the, the county overreacts says, may this blow-up doll baby a bomb. Just understand that they can overreact any time they're dealing with you. Some cop could be walking down the road next, cross uh, paths with a woman with a large purse and say, excuse me, ma'am, do you have a bomb in your purse? Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, the county's called out. She's held at gunpoint while they, I mean, it, just because they freak out and overreact doesn't make this kid culpable for it. Prosecutor Phil Cavanis, this story from Jezebel.com, says this. In this post-Columbine world, that's what you get when these kind of things happen. Right, so to, to <laughs> assume that this is... Post-Columbine? Well, why not post-Jim Jones? Why not post... I mean... Why, Post-whatever, why, right? So we're calling Columbine... It's, it's pivotal. Yeah. Because it was students? 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, Morton, Tyle Morton has never been in trouble with the law. In his uh, teenage years, he's 18 years old, and uh, he is, as he as uh, was mentioned earlier, out on bail at the moment. So we'll let you know as we learn more. I think Lizzie Borden was much more uh, pivotal. Pivotal. Was what, it, who is this? Lizzie parents? Borden. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw oh the job she had done, she gave her father 41. You don't know that little nursery rhyme? Uh, nope. Well, it was based on Lizzie Borden, who Boy, they, they her- love making nursery rhymes about <laughs> horrific things, don't they? Indeed. Are there actually nursery rhymes that aren't about horrible things happening? To people? <laughs> you mean like babies Itsy falling out of trees, <laughs> or children being you know led into a stove or whatever? <laughs> Richard Scary. I mean, he's got all kinds of horrible. Uh, I'm not sure what Richard Scary is. Isn't that who it is? Maybe I'm thinking the wrong the wrong uh, Brothers Grimm. Brothers Grimm. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Mother Goose. Grimm Scary. It all yes. sounds the same to me. <laughs> Richard Scary. But I just I thought I find it interesting, you know, we talk about the arbitrariness of ages and dates and times and things regarding the state and the thing at Columbine, um, you know, in and of itself, standing alone, I suppose would be, you know, something that could be considered pivotal. But when you loop it in with everything else that's kind of going on at the same time, the state, you know, crunching down on people and civil liberties being taken away because we're afraid of a brown guy that lives in a cave and all these things. It just kind of seems to me that's kind of uh, an indication of things that are going on so much as an anomaly. I don't think of it as an anomaly, actually. I wonder if this would have happened had this young man gone to a private school. I mean, would he have been able? Doesn't he, seem as likely. Well, would he have been able to be charged with institutional criminal mischief? If he had gone to a private school. Probably not. Is a private school considered an institution, or is it only government-operated facilities that are? I couldn't say, but I suspect that uh, that he he's. I, I would say that he's definitely dealing with uh, you know more trouble because this was a government situation as opposed to a uh, private. I am just so glad that I didn't go to school in this day and age. I mean, because. Mm-hmm. I we used to let off firecrackers in the garbage cans inside yeah. the school. Yeah, I know? mean, there's all kinds of stuff that were was done <laughs> at my school that, 
it's just so shocking to see this. And, of course, this ties into something that uh, we talked about out of Texas, where they're charging kids on a regular basis with crimes in Texas. with mm-hmm. misdeme- Now, misdemeanors, no, so not felonies, but uh, still, they get out of school and they've got a misdemeanor on their uh, their record. And it's for anything. I mean, anything they do that is considered disruptive in Texas, they can be charged. Drawing on desks. With, or they can moon out the back of the bus or whatever, you know, just kind of common thing that happens. Not even something unusual like a blow-up doll, but just common things that every kid, most kids, the ones that aren't the total goody two-shoes, have done in, in school, they're getting charged with criminal acts in Texas for it, Class C misdemeanors. It's crazy what's happening out there. Well, Get least- your kids out of these government schools. That's the only yeah. solution. Because this guy was a good kid uh, by all other metrics. I mean, he had never been in trouble in, in any way, shape, or form prior to this. And now he's looking at a felony? They're government indoctrination centers. He's not being compliant. And we got to snap him right back in, though. It's disgusting uh, what's going on, and the only solution is to get your kids out, and then at some point to stop paying for this. And the state. Well, right. Well, we've got to stop our involvement with the state mm-hmm. before the state is going. We have to stop uh, collectively believing in the state uh, because it's not the state. It's people calling themselves the state. Mm-hmm. They're human beings. The state doesn't exist. It's just an idea. So we have to actually end the idea of the state. If we want to be more specific, we yes. end the idea of the state. And uh, in order to get to that point, we need to get people to come around to the idea that they need to stop participating in it. They need to stop empowering the people who call themselves the state by voluntarily turning over their hard-earned money to these criminals who are putting our kids in cages and our other friends and family. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. By the way, welcome aboard to WWPR 1490 in Mark's hometown of Bradenton, Florida. That's right, out there on Cortez Road. Is that where their transmitter is? Mm-hmm. I don't know where their transmitter is. I know that the, where their studios are. Gotcha. And uh, it's actually run by uh, Val Silver, who is somebody who goes way back with Free Talk Live. That's back, true. Uh, back when we were just a local radio show in Sarasota, she was the general manager of the station, one of the stations that we were on. We kind of toured around the different talk stations in, uh, in Sarasota, and she was our second station that we were on after our first FM talker. And, uh, you know, nice lady. And we've actually kind of been on and off WWPR for the past few years. They use us as Phil. <laughs> yeah, they, they had taken our uh, our MP3s, our podcast, and whenever they needed some time filled during the day, it's mostly a brokered radio station, um, but whenever they needed uh, time filled, like if they couldn't sell an hour, they, they might play Free Talk Live at that time. But she just got herself some new equipment, and uh, it makes it so she can now take the show straight from our satellite feed, and they're now running us overnights all six nights a week, so... Welcome aboard to everybody listening in uh, Bradenton, B-Town, as it is called uh, down there tonight. <laughs> well, it's called a lot of things. Uh, yeah. Bradenton, Tucky, Sarasota's redneck sister. I mean, the, <laughs> the whole thing. 
Yeah. So welcome aboard to uh, WWPR 800-259-9231 is the number here as we will continue uh, to take your phone calls about anything you want. Now, Michelle, I know that you'd mentioned there was some other high school related or school related story. I don't know if you were able to pull that up. If not. I'm not able to pull either one up. What one was, was it the, that happened? Okay, so there were two stories, um, and I would love it if someone you know knew details about it because it was just mm-hmm. read in passing. But um, one young man was told on his way to the bus stop to pull up his pants, and there's a school code, and you know maybe his underwear. Which were bus stop? Out. Are we talking about at school or at his uh, neighborhood? A school. It's, it appeared to be a school bus. So you know he was going to the school bus. Cop said, pull up your pants. He said, school hours are over. And but he was in his neighborhood at the time, is what you're saying? No, he was leaving school. Okay, so he was on the school property. Basically. Gotcha. Or like at this point, you're on the sidewalk or whatever, but mm. it was out of school hours. Okay. And um, he was told to pull up his pants and um, didn't do so. I don't remember if he, there were two boys um, in these stories that were beaten and another one that was killed. I don't think he was the one that, kill- that was killed. I think he was beaten. The one that was killed was um, in a similar story and around a similar area. Two boys were standing at the bus stop and one kid clocked the other kid. And at that point, the fight was kind of over. You know, I mean, it was like, mm-hmm. and um, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the cops ended up tackling them both, putting the one who had been hit in the back of uh, the police car and then took off running after the other one and ended up killing him mm. and then How'd they um, kill him shooting him they shot him they shot him and then went after the other kid who took off because he didn't want you know he was in the back of the cop car and they'd left like, so this is a simple assault yeah you can use you can shoot a fleeing felon but you can't just shoot somebody who's pen- punched somebody in the face right this is this is a crime i mean these people have committed murder so, um, and then the... No, it's uh, not murder when they do it. No, no, it is murder when they do it and it's illegal. Well, well the they would call it just a... Justifiable homicide or something like that. They just manipulate their own laws, but I'm telling you, it is murder. It's an authorized taking of life, Mark. Yeah, right. So what, um, well, one of the things is the cop, um, it was concluded that he'd lied. because Yes, because... Um, what a shock. A neighbor, a neighbor came out from the area where he, uh, the boy had been chased and... Um, and he's like, he he came after me, he charged me, you know, and, you know, then they did some uh, investigating and found that there was no gun residue around the kid. So it, the shot had had to have been fired, you know, a certain number of feet back, mm-hmm. et cetera. So it was concluded that the cop, in fact, had um, had not been charged by this young man and that it wasn't self-defense. Mm. And um, so. The details are still out as to whether or not he's going to be given a paid leave. So this wasn't over the fact that he was wearing saggy pants. It was over the fact that they'd been fighting and then they ran away from the cop. Yes. Contempt of cop. So what did the saggy pants have to do? I thought, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought he, got he, beaten, would... he got beaten also. So there were two different stories. So he Okay, that, I'm confused. Yeah, I'm sorry. So that the kid with the saggy pants. Now um, this is a completely different story, yes, a different place. At a bus stop also. Okay. <laughs> Teenagers, yes, leaving school. Now, Okay, he's leaving school as well. Got yeah. it. And so his he was told to pull up his pants and and the co- and he said no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and ended up having I think um <clears throat> pardon me, I think it was his arm broken and a black eye given to him. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. By uh, the police or by a school by, resource officer? By the police. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was it the cop that works at the school, do you know? It didn't appear that they it seems like they're hired for that, you know, 
at uh, the two times a day at school, you know, when there's traffic and stuff like that, when they're coming and going. Oh, they bring extra cops in for that? Oh, yeah. That's interesting. No, normally, um, when I went to school, they had the uh, police school resource officer. And I think, Mark, they didn't have those when you were in school. Yeah, did they? they did. They that, did? Our, our school had a resource officer. Okay, so uh, normally it's just one cop that kind of stays on campus. I've never seen more than one cop uh, at school just for kids getting on and off buses. But I believe that they would do something like that in uh, in many places. So, I'm going to find this article. Again. So this young man was beaten because he refused to pull his pants up. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Now, I, I may disagree with that particular style of wearing clothes, but... Uh, right. I don't, I don't think it's that it's, cool, although I've, it's I've your body like that. It's your body. You can adorn it in whatever way you choose. And the idea that somebody would be attacked for that is just absolutely just horrifying. Yeah. And, and um, this is a, a minor... So if so if he were if any if you who are older than twenty one were to hit this kid or assault this kid that'd, oh, that'd be, be a serious. felony for you yeah that'd yeah. be serious but he gets away with it because he's a cop and uh, you know he can enforce they're supposed to hit minors now of course they're going to say well he was still on school campus so he needs to follow the rules and he was being insubordinate and he tried to get away from the cop and so therefore. He- then whatever rules the school has regarding uh, saggy pants should be should have been what was instituted here. Arm breaking is not necessary. <laughs> right, because the police are supposed to only use the violence that's necessary in order to... Commensurate uh, amount of force. Yeah, in order to deal with you. And if he wasn't attacking the cop, it doesn't sound like he was, then there's no reason for that. Well, and the idea of, of force and everything. So if you don't like the way I'm dressed and you tell me I don't like the way you're dressed and I say, okay, um then sure we have a, a disagreement about style and and whether something's appropriate or not and if you don't find what i'm wearing appropriate then turn around and leave that you you get to do mm-hmm. that without harming anyone but at the point where you try to force me <laughs> to to you know through um physical violence or something to alter the way i'm dressed the the matter of uh violence perpetrated against me would is much greater than any offense you might take to you know, my right. underwear showing. My sagging pants do not, uh, they're, it's not a reciprocal amount of force to break someone's arm over saggy pants. But it wasn't done over saggy pants, is what you've got to understand. Right. It was done because they weren't ex- respecting his authority. It was done because they believe they own you and that they can tell you what you can wear and what you can and can't do. That's why it was done. Uh, uh, is there any evidence to the contrary? By the way, there's a little more here, uh, more saggy pants news. This one from uh, com. A new strict policy in Texas prohibits any passenger from boarding a bus with saggy pants that exposes their underwear or buttocks. Although the saggy pants fashion has been around for more than a while, linked to prison attire and hip-hop culture, the Transportation Authority in Fort Worth has considered it to be disrespectful and want nothing of it on the public transportation system. So uh, what, uh, the, you know, what the charge will end up being for that, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, disorderly conduct, I would imagine, or Get some off the other bus, I guess. Some other catch-all. Bus riders have complained that it doesn't look good when one's pants are below the buttocks. The bus driver will be able to make the decision if the pants are appropriate or not. Well, do you remember the woman who was told to get off of the airplane? I think it was Southwest because um, the uh, flight attendant told her that she was dressed too scantily. No. Oh, you know that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, she was. I saw the Muslim guys were asked to uh, leave the uh, leave a plane relatively recently, and this happens every once in a while. You know, they they wear the wrong clothes with the little kufi caps, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, perhaps they daven or you know do their prayers. People are or scared. Whatever the heck it is, they do, yeah. and um, you know, people get all upset about it. Toll free number tonight. 800. This is clearly the pre bombing ritual. 
800-259-9231. The city of Fort Worth has even placed signs in their city buses reading, Pull them up or find another ride. 1-800-259-9231. So they run the other the, the, the private market buses out of business with their government uh, yeah. subsidized buses, and then they tell you how you can dress. That's right. You can take control of the airwaves here. Bring up anything you want. This is Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there. We've got a bulletin board system. You can get interactive there, and uh, you can interact with our, the, some of the best trolls, or worst, depending on your perspective, in the entirety of the Internet. You can go to bbs.freetalklive.com to do that. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? Manventureoutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. Manventureoutpost.com. They're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices so low they can't be mentioned. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. All right, so we continue here with your calls. Liz is listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Liz. Uh, my name is Liz, and I live in Beacon, New York. And basically, I'm somebody that follows uh, stories on Facebook, and I try to fight injustice. And it just came across to me today, uh, this kid, Tyel Morton. Mm-hmm. Um. He's from Rushville, Indiana, and he he pulled a prank. In yeah, we actually heard all about it uh, in the last hour for our listeners yeah, that may, may just be part. tuning in. What's the worst part? And I missed the first part. Oh, um, no worries. It seems like a lot of people are talking about yeah. this, which is really, I mean, it's great news for Tyel that so many people are, are behind him. I mean, is there a coordinated calling campaign going on right now? Not really. Um, it's interesting because we've had you're our third caller tonight uh, to call about this. I mean, we don't obviously, you know, whatever you can call it about anything you want. But how do you feel? Because this guy is facing a felony charge over what eight years? I think he's looking at eight years in prison for basically putting a blow up doll in a box in a girl's yeah. bathroom at school. I know it was after hours, and you know, it's not like anybody. You know, he didn't break into the girls' room. You know, while girls were in there, mm-hmm. and. He's just pulling a prank. He was probably sitting there giggling, you know, thinking about, you know, these people are going to come in and they're going to see, like, they're going to think somebody's in the bathroom, but it's just a blow-up doll. You know, it was just an innocent prank. As I understand, and... the blow-up doll was in a box, so they probably wouldn't think that. Oh, uh, you know, it was just the, I suppose, the shock value of, oh, my goodness, it's, it's a, a blow-up doll. doll. In the high school bathroom. Yeah. yeah. You know, did yeah. when, when you say he uh, broke in after hours, did he break anything? It was or before he... school, actually. He came in before school. So th- was the door unlocked? I don't know the details of that, but, I mean, it's just a high school prank. And, and sure. before they called in the bomb squad, why didn't they talk to, you know, talk to the kid and talk to his parents and talk to his friends? Terrorists lie. And they just blew it out of proportion. I yeah. feel like 
people are using terrorism to just justify any kind of injustice. Yeah, you're absolutely nowadays. right. And that's what we've seen. I think that's a really astute analysis because uh, it's, a, it's kind of like it's something they can lean against anytime they want to really make somebody out to look like a real bad guy. Well, this is, you know, this, he's messing with the system. This is institutional. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised they didn't charge him with terrorism. Really? I know. It's really sad. I'm like, I mean, gosh, and like, if a kid brings a BB gun to school now, then they're charged with like a felony criminal, you know, possession of a, a lethal weapon. I mean, my brother and I used to have BB gun fights in the yard as kids. I mean, everything is blown out of proportion, and I feel my heart goes out to parents and kids nowadays because it's such a different world. Okay, so you're you said that you're you've become kind of an activist, right? Um, in my spare time. Okay, so tell me that you are not paying into the system and I'll be really happy. Like, are you paying any sort of state or federal income tax? Um, I am paying taxes. Yes. I'm a business owner. I own a dog walking company in Beacon. Mm. Oh, there's a fabulous uh, dog walking story. Beacon uh, dog walker. (laughs) uh, Someone made $250,000 last year doing it under the table, not not getting any permits or anything for their dog walking business. Yeah. So, so, okay. So the thing is, is when you, you're kind of, uh, cutting off your nose to spite your face when you're on one hand, putting all this energy into working from January until May to pay the very people that you then in your spare time, turn around and try to contain. So at some point, you know, just think about it. You could work, you could work half as much as you do if you weren't having to pay those people. Well, it makes it tough. <laughs> I feel you... like because of because of terrorism, it's allowed all these sort of like Barney Fife types to take charge, and they're they're putting trumped up charges against these kids just for having a personality and thinking for themselves, and they're testing the crap out of kids, and they're getting rid of critical thinking skills. Kids are just learning to memorize nowadays, and if anybody has any kind of individuality, they're just Completely it sucks crushed. it out like of them. Poor kid. You, yeah, this you're absolutely child. right on in your analysis here. I mean, it just the, the school system is designed, and it has been. It's just getting worse over time. Uh, the school yeah. system's been designed to crush individuality and to make people into essentially uh, drones that uh, will you know, plug into the system. They'll, Be compliant. Right. They'll do as they're told. They'll get a job. They'll work at the same job their whole lives if they can until they uh, get you know their retirement, and then they'll expect the government to, uh, to take care of them uh, at that point. And it's, the whole system is... Is, is designed to create just these pathetic, dependent drones, and it's just so sad because people don't see it. They don't understand it. You try to talk about how the government education or indoctrination system is a bad idea, and immediately people's defensive walls go up because they went to those government schools and they're insulted. They're, you know, they're, their position is basically, well, I'm not dumb. I'm not uh, you know, ignorant, and uh, I turned out all right, and I went to the government schools. I went to government school as well, and I turned out all right. But what we're not seeing, the uh, opportunity cost, I think, we're not, what we're not seeing that that is uh, that which which is unseen uh, is that uh, we don't know how much smarter we all could be, how much more astute we could be, how much uh, you know more tuned in, more capable uh, and self reliant and independent. Yeah. How, how much time we spent uneducating ourselves from you know the, the things that we've been taught in the government right schools. or or how much time the same education could have been given to us in a much more efficient manner. So, for instance, you know we might have uh, learned if we didn't have these government indoctrination camps, I might have had a twelfth grade ed- government education by the time I was six, or you know sure. by the time 
time I was 10 uh, or something like that. And so we, we don't even have any idea how great education could be because we're dealing with essentially a monopoly. Yeah, there's some options for people that have enough <laughs> money, uh, but because we're all fleeced to death by these government taxes, these property taxes, yeah. which I just paid $3,000 for six months of uh, property taxes up here. Six months so, of service. Because we're all fleeced by these property taxes, most of us can't afford to send our kids to a school, another school on top of uh, the, you know, the taxes that we're paying. So a lot of people feel very frustrated by that. And what I would suggest yeah. to those people who are feeling frustrated is that they acquaint themselves with the ideas of liberty because it's, it sounds like you get it on this issue, but you know, the ultimate question is, do you believe in allowing other people to be free? Oh, yeah. Um, I would say that I'm fiscally conservative and socially liberal. Well, what I would recommend that you do is take a moment and go to freestateproject.org. Are you new to the show tonight? Uh, yes, I am. How did you find Free Talk Live? I was actually told about it uh, by some people that were on the Tyel uh, Morton page. Okay. Well, that explains why uh, we're, we're receiving so many calls about it tonight. I think it's great that people care. Yes, I think good. it's great that people are taking the time to uh, pick up the phone on this issue. And, Michelle, I think it was your suggestion earlier that they contact the, you know, the district attorney in this case and exactly. fill up his voicemail box. and yep. let, him, let him know how you feel about mm-hmm. it. Uh, fill up the police department's voicemail. As, I did that uh, under the well. case of Tanya McDowell. Like, I called the DA. But Liz, take a moment and go to freestateproject.org. If you uh, are excited by activism, you called yourself an activist earlier. We've moved here to New Hampshire, those of us on this show, we've moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project so we can get active and get out there and support our friends and support people who are being attacked by this inhumane system. So take a moment, go to freestateproject.org. You might find that interesting because it sounds like you've got a compatible belief system. And I thank you for the call at 800-259-9231. And maybe we can get Tyle up here one of these days uh, if he's in to this too because after the after the police aggress against you you become a lot more open-minded to the idea of getting rid of the government absolutely cops and having market protection and other things like that we're coming up this is free talk live you can take control this your family today tip is brought to you by stouffer's helping bring your family together with wholesome dinner options even on the busiest of nights find dinner table ideas to bring your family together at letsfixdinner.com To get kids involved in dinnertime conversation, ask specific questions, not broad ones. Instead of what happened today at school, try what was the best thing that happened today. The more specific you are, the more they'll have to say. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. You can take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They're completely free, so enjoy those uh, features, including archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, that's not a problem. They're right there. You can download as many of the archives as you'd like, going all the way back to late 2006. It's all there at freetalklive.com, so enjoy those on us. As we continue here, of course, we'll take your calls about anything. And other news, as we reported a couple days ago, here in our very own Keene, New Hampshire, there's a superior court, as it is called, uh, right in the heart of downtown Keene. Better than the other courts. And that's where they have the, uh, the, you know, the non-traffic ticket trials, the more serious stuff, misdemeanors and felonies and such. Apparently, somebody was pretty upset. And we had speculated uh, regarding why this happened, but on Wednesday afternoon, I believe it was, yeah, I think it was Wednesday afternoon, around 5:30 Eastern Time, 
a man set himself on fire out in front of the district court. He presumably used some sort of form of accelerant. And, well, people don't just burn. Yeah. They're, they're not flammable. And set himself ablaze. Some people saw it happen, and obviously it was a horrifying uh, experience for those yeah, can folks. Can you imagine just walking down the street like you normally walk down the street, sort of oblivious in your own world, doing yep. your thing? Some guy douses himself in accelerant, probably had a certain amount on him already. Yeah, I would imagine. And, um, and then just sets himself on fire. You totally don't expect this to happen. Yeah. Did anyone try to rescue him? Some people did, uh, but what do you do, right? I mean, there was a young lady that uh, I saw some comments on the newspaper's article about this, the Sentinel, the Keen Sentinel, and one business owner, I guess, nearby had someone run into their business and shout, you know, get some water, hurry, and, you know, come. And so she did whatever she could uh, to get the water. She forgot that she had a fire extinguisher on the on the wall. but so yeah, she Somebody took, yelled water. Right, and, so she know. took time to get the water and came outside. But, you know, by that time, it's just, from what I understand, when you uh, immolate yourself, you don't last too long. Uh, Thank God. I, I mean, can you, like, the torture, I just can't, to me, imagine. it boils your skin off. Yes. Yeah. I, I would also think that you can't get any oxygen. Probably true, because the, the fire's consuming it all. Yeah, as yeah. you draw the breath in, the oxygen's consumed. Yeah. Just a guess. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's nasty. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's a terrible, terrible way to go. And people will use it as a uh, as a it's method a to, to show their you know their disgust with some circumstance or another. And which is what the Algeri wasn't it the Algerian man who kind of got the whole um, the Egyptian situation. T- Tanzanian. Yeah, he was Tunisian, right? Okay, yeah, Tunisian. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that Tanzanian. Right now, uh, self immolation is a little more common in other countries around the world, but it does happen here in the United States. There there was apparently one uh, that happened last year, I guess. So. Uh, it's it's more common than I expected. Actually, I was kind of digging around to you and trying to figure out when is the last time this occurred. I haven't. As long as I've been on doing the radio, I've never heard of a case like this. It's the first time we've heard of it for sure. And uh, I I don't know if that's just because word doesn't get out about these sorts of things. I mean, they did everything they could to keep it well, quiet. It's they, effective uh, when you talk about the Vietnam War. The uh, you know the conversation. It doesn't take too long to get around to burning monks, and yeah. So therefore, those monks didn't die in vain um they you know their their statements meant something and perhaps right. the idea is is i don't know how often people um immolate themselves because of the government but per, it would seem to me that it's it's more likely than most circumstances that the government's involved that is a good point uh, the the one that i had seen that was more recent i don't think it had to do with uh, with the government it may have been another reason that that individual immolated themselves. There's a list of them over at Wikipedia, and whether that list is uh, complete or not is another question. But there was, I guess, someone who uh, immolated themselves in protest of the Iraq War back in 2006. In this case, uh, the speculation was correct. I had made the speculation online over at freekeen.com when I first reported on this. Yeah, we got word. By the way, I'd like to point out that the activist network here is so awesome. Uh, in in New Hampshire, because it's the Porcupine 411 system that was really responsible for allowing us to respond to this situation. Uh, somebody called uh, Kurt, who's living here, lives here in Keene, made a phone call to Pork 411, which is a system that allows you to leave a message, and that message is delivered out to hundreds of recipients. He makes this phone call to Pork 411. And gives a heads up saying, hey, downtown, there's cops everywhere. I don't know what's going on, but they've got, they've got a street, at least one street blocked off. There's a police lineup. Flashing lights are everywhere. He leaves that message. I got it. I was doing a few things at the time, but I got it about five minutes later. And I was in the neighborhood, so I have the ability to, of course, if you're in Keene, New Hampshire, 
almost everywhere is the neighborhood. It's pretty small. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take very long. You hop on your bike and you're in downtown in, in five minutes. So uh, a demo from LibertyOnTour.com and I got on uh, got on our bikes and we headed downtown to see what the hell was going on. So it was thanks to Pork 411 that we even found out that this was going on. So we went out, we got down there, uh, arrived on the scene, and indeed the police had taped off the entire area. There were multiple officers from multiple uh, you know, jurisdictions, the state, and, and, uh, and also uh, local cops uh, were there. And they were you know, not telling us what was happening, but we were able to discern from near, uh, people that were nearby that it was allegedly someone who had set themselves on fire. And that was my guess because it was a huge scorch mark on the front of uh, the, the courthouse, basically, right there on the main step. Hard to hide that. Yeah. Now, do I understand correctly that this was on account of the man's upset with the court for their ruling regarding... Child support payments? It's a decade of uh, rulings. It's a decade, not just child support. It's uh, it's several things. I'll get into the details here. But so the speculation was that it had to do with the court, right? I mean, it's sure. not you, you go and you set yourself on fire and you choose deliberately where you do this. So he chose the front of the courthouse. Seemed obvious to me that he was upset about this. And of course, the trolls over at Freaking, well, you're jumping to conclusions. Well, <laughs> that's a pretty safe conclusion to uh, to jump to. Anyway, it turns out it was true. Yes, he did have issues with this uh, this particular courthouse. And yes, it was a custody, family, divorce issue. And it was something that started back in 2001. And I wrote up a lengthy piece about this. It's called Thomas James Ball, Self-Immolated in Protest of the Justice System. You can go and see that over at freekeen.com. I went and spent almost two hours at court yesterday pulling up the case files for this guy and looking and trying to – and we're talking about stacks – this, uh, the divorce case was two file folders filled with paper. I mean, I'm talking two to three inches stacks of, uh, of paperwork. This was going on for over a decade. So back in the beginning of the aughts, around the turn of the, the, the century, uh, he and his wife had uh, filed for divorce. I think, it, I think she had filed for the divorce, but I could be wrong about that detail. Anyway, the reason why was – one of the reasons why was apparently he had at one point lost control – and I don't know why. Maybe he was inebriated or whatever. I don't. I don't. I read the story. He slapped that, his four-year-old. He slapped his four-year-old daughter in the mouth multiple times, causing right. her but to bleed. Wait a second. Wait a second. He read, you know, from his words, the way he said that he did it was that he was trying to put her to bed, That's and right. um, she, she kept th- licking him. Right. I don't think that uh, you know. I don't think that using you know slapping is a good childhood care method. But I can see why somebody would choose to do it um, in, in this circumstance. Like she kept licking his hand, mm-hmm. and he would flip his hand over so is what he said and th- this is the impression i got so you're not uh-huh. talking about a the swing back pimp slap you're talking about him you know moving his hand like pivoting it on the the, the side well, of i don't hand. know mark but i know that there was blood and there is that blood, uh, yeah. the you know the daughter saw him, the other daughter saw him do it yeah and she testified in that uh, in that case and so you know clearly it was uh she he hit the kid and that's not right so that from that perspective, he was wrong to do that. However, but I like to you'd like to to put these in things in perspective. Like sometimes I'll move look, the dog. I was about to do that for you. Uh, well, and I, the perspective is that he was it was testified by his own wife that he wasn't violent. Uh, generally, I mean, he had never hit her. He had never done anything else that was violent except for throw a dish like thirteen years before that. So basically, something. it wasn't anyone's business that he slapped his kid in the face for the purpose of that. It, it could have very well have been something that would have, would have worked out between the two of them, mm-hmm. and it, you know they might it was have a still family up, matter, right? They might have ended up staying together, but it didn't stop there. And the reason was because at some point the state got involved, and 
the reason the state got involved was because the woman had uh, the the his wife Karen at the time had called what they call Monadnock Family Services. It's some local agency that mm. I don't believe they're a government agency, but I think they get money from the government. So you know, it's one of those. Quasi-governmental agency. Yeah, so she calls them to ask about this situation with her husband losing control and you know slapping her her daughter. And we'll tell you what they told her here in a moment because this is what caused everything. Yeah, this was really the uh, the, cr- the crux of the issue. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. There's much more to the story about the man who burned himself alive a couple days ago. It's free talk live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up what you'd like, though if you've got a comment on the self-immolation case, uh, that's going to take priority at the moment because it's crazy. Somebody set themselves on fire here in our very own Keene, New Hampshire, over the so-called justice system, and we will give you more details on that in a moment. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. It's an affordable, versatile, reliable rifle. It'll deliver 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance in a variety of situations. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. It's a serious rifle for those serious about rifles. The perfect do-it-all bolt-action rifle where rugged, reliable Ruger meets the practical tactical. Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle, the one rifle you have to have if you can have only one. You can see it at Ruger.com and get it at your local gun dealer. We're talking about Thomas James Ball. And by the way, you can go to our website at freetalklive.com and get interactive in various different ways. Uh, We've got news updates also that allow you to keep in the loop with Free Talk Live. uh, News.freetalklive.com to get signed up for those. You get emailed updates, Twitter, Facebook, whatever works best for you. Uh, Again, news.freetalklive.com. So over at freekeen.com, which is my blog site, it's a blog site for multiple people in the the Keene, New Hampshire area. It focuses not just on Keene, but also New Hampshire activism in general. And occasionally we'll report on some uh, what I can consider inspiring civil disobedience because Keene's kind of got this civil disobedience uh, reputation and sometimes I, I, fe- I see some awesome civil disobedience happening in other places that I just wish were happening in Keene like what's happening in Orlando where people continue to step up week after week and get arrested uh, multiple people over 21 people arrested for uh, refusing to well, I guess for continuing to feed people in yeah. the public park there and of course the irony is it's all uh, done underneath the watchful gaze of a statue of Gandhi as uh, these people are, are being arrested for feeding the hungry. So that's the kind of reporting that you'll see over at Free Keen. It's a site for news, it's a site for opinion, and it's a site for uh, videos and audio and such uh, regarding activism. But uh, we're talking about a man who destroyed his own life. He took his own life in front of the courthouse here in Keene the other day. Thomas James Ball uh, self-immolated on Wednesday afternoon during rush hour, so about 5.30 in the afternoon. And obviously everybody wanted to know why. And so I set my afternoon, uh, my day yesterday to figure it out, to figure out uh, what this man was doing. Uh, at the time I went out to look, I didn't know what his name was. I actually encountered the uh, the Keen Sentinel reporter, Kyle, uh, in the courthouse, and he had already found the guy's name. And the reason they'd found his name was because he sent a letter, a 15-page letter, to the Keen Sentinel, uh, the local newspaper in town. Right. 
And this, this doesn't sound like a, an emotionally, uh, uh, you know, like rash decision. This sounds like this guy planned this. Oh, he's, it was very calculated. Yeah. And uh, did you see the letter? I read. Uh, I didn't see all. It didn't seem like 15 pages what I read. Well, I heard that it was 15 pages. I don't know. It was really long, like really long. I couldn't. I didn't want to read the whole thing. Uh, but anyway, so I'm in there. I've done. I I've, figured the guy set himself on fire. I ought to know what he said. I've done hours of research. I read most of the, the letter, mm-hmm. but it was just so much. I and, didn't read any of it, so good for you both. Well, well, what I found most most interesting was less his letter, but uh, the court documents as far as that way you're getting both sides of, mm-hmm. uh, of you know what's allegedly been going on. So he slaps his daughter, his four-year-old daughter, in the mouth allegedly multiple times one night back in the, around the turn of the century. His wife uh, then called Manadoc Family Services to ask them – I guess to talk to them about this, right? He had left the house at that point, and that's when she made this call she told to him them. to go take a walk, and I guess he did. Or yeah, like that. and apparently the counselor who was on the phone at Manadoc Family Services told this, uh, his wife, Karen, if you don't call the police, you'll be arrested for child abuse. And so essentially what happened at that point was this woman had a decision to make because she believed the person. Apparently, according to Thomas, that's not true. Apparently, it's not true that you'll be arrested for child abuse if you don't call the cops. Um, But anyway, they lied to her or gave her misinformation. Maybe the person on the other side of the phone really believed that was true. Regardless, she got this misinformation and it put her into a position of having to decide what to do. Do I call the police and possibly, you know, escalate the situation, uh, or do I possibly risk having myself arrested and my husband arrested, and then having the kid or the kids three they had three kids taken away from us? Yeah, because like if, Sophie's uh, choice. You know, there's the she. There is no good decision for her there, given the information she thought was true. Right, and so she wanted to make sure she kept her kids. So mm-hmm. she figured, well, she knew that there was a mandatory arrest policy for with the, the Jaffrey police. A lot of police departments have this. If somebody calls a domestic violence complaint, even if no one wants to tr- make charges, the police have to arrest somebody. It's well, policy. They, they, it's policy. It's not law. And this is the second well, set they, of books they that obeyed, he was talking right, about. But the, the police obey their policies. These are law enforcement officers. They're not policy enforcement officers. So these men, when they do this kind of thing, they choose to obey the rules of their organization mm-hmm. before they uh, obey the rules of law. Well, it's for good they reason. They claim that they're law enforcement officers, but in fact, they are lackeys for their boss. Well, that's But they want to do it, Mark, because it's more people in the system. And then more people in the system means more budgets for the government. And uh, it means... justifies their existence. Exactly. Not every one of them wants to arrest every time. It's just their bosses say, look, we've got a policy here. You've got to arrest somebody. Yeah. So she, uh, she wanted to avoid having her kids stolen by DCYF. So she made the call to the police knowing that uh, at that point. I mean, what if, what if he had spanked the girl on the bottom? Are they going to arrest him for this? If it's a domestic violence call, they will arrest somebody. But, but and- who are they going to arrest? They will arrest one of the people in the household. So they would either arrest the mother for making a bad call, or they'd arrest the husband for uh, smacking on the bottom. This is one of the other issues with the case. Apparently, the Jaffrey police later admitted that they never should have filed this as domestic violence. It never should have been handled Mm -hmm. as domestic violence. So they admitted to have made a mistake by even handling it as a domestic violence and making an arrest in the first place. Meanwhile, it's too late, because then now he's in the system. He's in the system. Once he's in the system with that label on him, Mm -hmm. he's screwed. He goes to trial... Loses at district court. Everybody loses at district court. Appeals to superior court. The decision is overturned. He's found not guilty of simple assault. Not innocent people, but not guilty. He's found not guilty, which means that the court system did not find him culpable of right. uh, of abuse in this particular case. That the court system believed that it was appropriate for him. 
you know, maybe it was out of line, but it was a family issue, essentially. It was, you know, the court yep. system said, you, you are not guilty, and set, uh, set him free of that particular charge. And that was the only charge uh, in that issue, because it wasn't domestic violence, according to the police. Again, they apologized, apparently, mm-hmm. for that. Oops, we made a mistake, but, well, we can't, we can't take it back, because now the system is, is rolling on and will crush you. Um, so, but he figured at that point, okay, great. It was good news. I mean, I'm not guilty, so it's over, right? It's over. I'm not guilty. I'm going to get access to my kids back because this whole time that this was going on, a couple of years or whatever, he was unable to, uh, to see his, his children. Sure, at that point, he was a child beater. Right. Okay, so now I've been uh, exonerated by the system, so now I'm going to get to see my kids again. Ah, not so. According to the man in the robe in the case, while it's true that he was found not guilty, he still had issues with whether or not he should be able to see his kids. So he's pass- he passes him off to Monadnock Family Services for counseling. And he says, look, you can see your kids unsupervised visits because by this time, you know, the divorce was rolling forward as well. So you can see your kids with unsupervised visits if you go to counseling at the same place that recommended that the police be called in the first place. Yeah. The Monadnock counseling services. No, I don't agree with what this guy did to his daughter. I don't think it's appropriate. No. But I can totally understand why this guy would have said, I'm not going to Monadnock Family Services. These people, they're the ones that were responsible for screwing me over in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so essentially, he was never allowed to see his kids because he wouldn't go to the counseling. He said to the court, look, I was found not guilty. You you can see that by her own testimony, his wife, I'm not violent. She testified that I've never been violent against her. So why that, do I have to take family violence classes right. at the place that screwed with me in the first place? And she said, look, why can't you just make this decision? Essentially, the judge was passing the buck to Monadnock Family Indeed. Services. The, the court system, which is supposed to be the arbiter here, was saying, no, we're going to let the organization that started this all and screwed it all up mm-hmm. uh, be the arbiter. And yeah. they have no business being the arbiter. And None. So the, for the years, lady there said that he can't, that she won't even agree to see him until he changes, changes his, his attitude. attitude. Correct. It's so, changed now. Yep. His attitude's changed now. He's freaking room temperature. I hope this lady's happy. You know, I mean, she's telling herself, I'm sure, all kinds of stories about, you know, how she was doing the right thing for the children Mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. But these people, this judge, this woman, these cops, all these people, none of them will take responsibility. I was just doing my job. But they're responsible. Yes, this guy shouldn't have hit his kid. There's no doubt about it. But he wasn't guilty by the law standards of child abuse. He loved his kids. That was the last part of his uh, his he made it last very clear. statement. Uh, there was a there was a, a file again. These file folders, just stacks of paper. You can go and see them for yourself if you want. The courthouse. There was a letter in there from his daughter, one of his daughters, talking about how she misses her daddy, and you know, it was just very sad. And he's seen all these things over the years, but he's been unable to have uh, unsupervised visits with his daughters. They allowed him to have unsupervised visits with his young son, who's young. Than his daughters, which is you know inconsistent, of course. Yeah. Oh, it really makes you what the mo- makes you wonder what the what's the mother doing here? I mean, why wouldn't she just? Okay, go ahead. Come on. I'm sure the that kids. the mother was arranging for the dad to see the daughter outside of the permissible. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what side of this. I, she's she'd already on. said. She'd already said. I mean, she was married to the guy that had what three kids. She's already you know t- said that he wasn't a violent man. And the thing is, is the law is there to make you uh, unlawful. You know, right. you got to sneak. There's more to the story, however, because, uh, well, why did he set himself on fire? I mean, obviously, he was really frustrated. There's more to what, what's happened, what the recent developments were. It's Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. We'll continue with your calls here in a little bit. Hour three's next. 
You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world, and their value seems only to be increasing. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. Weusecoins.org. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. As we launch here into the third hour of the program, you can bring up what you want, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Main feature actually allows you to control the content of the site. You find something online that you think is interesting, and you want to share it with our listeners, you just punch it up in its uh, show prep. You submitted a show prep over at freetalklive.com. It then uh, comes up for vote. Anyone can vote on it. You can vote on things as well. The most voted up, make it to the front page in the top of our website, meaning more people are going to see what you've suggested, including us. We'd be more likely to talk about it on the air. Go and get interactive over at freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. All right, so uh, we're going to get back into your phone calls here in just a moment. I want to make sure we tell this uh, the full story on what happened. And for those of you just tuning in, here in Keene, New Hampshire, two days ago, a man set himself on fire. Uh, he killed himself. Uh, he was not he was not saved. Uh, killed himself in front of the uh, the Superior Court building, and it was over a a decade of just just a. Just, just you know, a very difficult situation for him uh, dealing with the, this court, where the court essentially was was refusing to allow him to see his kids, even after he'd been found not guilty. He was accused of a simple assault for slapping his daughter in the mouth uh, back at the turn of the century. He was found not guilty and thought he was going to get his kids back, but unfortunately, the man in the robe told him he could only see his kids. If he was, uh, if he would pass through counseling at the right. same domestic agency. violence counseling when he was found not guilty of domestic violence. Well, he wasn't even accused of domestic violence. He was accused of simple assault and was found not guilty of that. But he was originally it was originally uh, a call on domestic violence. The police responded as though it was domestic violence. That's why he was arrested in the first place because the police said, "Well, it's a domestic violence call, and we have to arrest somebody." So they arrested somebody. And in many cases, in a lot of domestic violence cases, police so-called domestic violence, they'll show up and both people will say, "No, no, no, everything's okay. We're we're fine." But they'll arrest somebody anyway because they're the state. They have the ability to just charge people with with stuff even if the individual who is allegedly uh acted against doesn't want them to i'm so, in that same district where i live it's which is a little different than Keene. it appears anyway because that's where mm-hmm. i'm going to be going to court for my traffic violation and on um, the same officer that that pulled me over yesterday was the same one that came to my house back in december when my son called the police for um uh 
domestic abuse on me. And um, so those two officers came to my house. And as I mentioned before, I didn't let them in. Mm. So, um, you know, and that and I have mentioned before how helpful Pete Ayer and Adamo Freeman have been with their from Liberty cop, on tour. Yeah. From Liberty on tour with their cop block videos and everything and how they repeat themselves over and over again. Am I being detained? Am I under arrest? And um, am I free to go, et cetera? I wonder why you didn't get arrested. I wonder if it's because it was a minor that made the call. Well, because normally thing, it's, it's they arrest somebody if they're on a domestic violence call. Right. The, the one thing that I the only thing I can think of is because I didn't let them into my home, mm-hmm. they didn't see any evidence of of abuse. And um, had they gone mm-hmm. inside, they would have seen furniture broken. I see. <laughs> and, That's a good point. Yeah. And Faisal had, was, you know, he was beaten and a little bit and so is his brother they'd gotten into a fight so it would have looked like you might have done that right and so um the cops did you know keep us outside or you know i walked in and out but the boys talked to them for an hour and a half and um, my older son said hey do you have brothers and the cops both said yes they said well okay this is my brother and we got into it all right that's it and um so by the end the one cop was just wanting to get out of there so bad and he he said verbatim, this is a family matter. Right. So uh, back to the story with uh, this guy. He's found not guilty. He figured he was going to get access to his kids again. and But the man on the road was preventing that from happening because he hadn't gone to counseling, which he'd mm-hmm. been ordered to go to counseling with the same agency that had suggested that his wife involved the police in the first place. They had told her that she was going to be arrested if she didn't. So they kind of threatened her to some ex- extent. And, scared the, and scared made her, her afraid. Yeah. Scared her of possibly losing her kids entirely if she didn't call the police. So so this guy didn't want to go to counseling with this agency, and he made it clear to the court that he was not accepting that, and that he wanted the court to make the decision, not this alt, you know, this other agency that has nothing to do with the courts. It's just that the courts team up with them to send them these domestic cases. And, and the court had already which, found that the that the accuser, the Menadnock Family Services, was wrong in the first place. Well, the accuser was the state of uh, of New Hampshire. It was the police who made the arrest for okay, supposed so he domestic was, violence. So he was found not guilty of anything and, and then turn around and is being punished anyway. Right. So, again, he, and he's been divorced at this point, uh, as I understand, although she still uses his last name. So maybe the divorce didn't go... I don't know what the hell that they That doesn't said. mean anything. It's weird. Okay. My so, mom still uses my dad's last name. Okay. He's, so, he's, yeah. they divorced for t- 25 years. Yeah, then I'm pretty sure that for, the divorce yeah. has, uh, has gone through at that point. So, you know, at this point, he's just trying to get to see his kids and he's not allowed to do it with this, uh, with an unsupervised visit. Even though he's been able to do it with his son, he can't see his uh, his two daughters. And uh, he doesn't want to go to Monadnock Family Services. And I can't say I blame him because he doesn't trust them. And they're the ones that made this situation worse. And the court refuses to pawn it off on anybody else. They, only, they say you can only go to this one place that you don't want to go to. And if, that's, if you don't want to go there, then you know, you're screwed, buddy. Sorry, you don't get to see your kids until they turn 18. And so that's what he was living with. He was living with that. At one point, he sues Monadnock Family Services in uh, 2006. So there's like three different court cases that I went and I looked at uh, the other day. He sues Monadnock Family Services for multiple reasons, basically saying they gave you know legal advice when they they, sh- they shouldn't. Uh, that they good, it sounds like a good suit. That they gave misinformation and that you know they misled uh, his wife at the time. And he had a few different points that he made. And basically, the court kicked it back in his face for uh, statute of limitations. Oh yeah, it's too long. It's yeah, too sorry. Too long. Yeah, we ruined your life, and uh, it's been more than a few years, so you can't uh, you can't sue these people. So the court ruled to dismiss the case, and sure. that's what they drug this on for two freaking 
15 years. Yeah. So by the time he gets an opportunity to, because then it takes a while for him to get uh, found not guilty. I mean, at the very least, right. the statute limitations should have been uh, started on the day that he was found not guilty, not on the Good day point. of the occurrence. So that's frust- that's a frustration, right? Like he can't do anything against this agency, so he loses that he loses that one. No remedy for the victim. It's just so bad, and he points this out in his uh, his last statement: is that uh, everything's made worse in these cases when the man uh, and the wife are, are split up. Because it used to be that she used to get all of his income. Now she only gets a portion of it because of the, uh, you know, the child support payments, which he was making, by the way. At one point, you can see in the case file, there's evidence of him making child support payments of like $200 a week or a month. or I don't know what it was, but it was several payments in a uh, you know, specific order. But he was making payments until he lost his job in 2009. Uh, to with make payments then? With a car dealership. Hmm? Hard to make payments. Correct. Hard to make payments if you're not getting any money in. And so for, I guess he continued to not have a job from what I understand. And so therefore was unable to make payments to, you know, to, to assist with the kid's medical care and, and that sort of thing. And clearly that's an upsetting thing to his uh, his former wife, who then at this point around April of this year filed a uh, motion for a hearing on contempt of court. Getting the state involved once again. Again, Exactly. As though somehow the state is going to be able to squeeze money from a stone uh, because he doesn't have anything. So she files this uh, for this hearing. The court grants it. The court sends out notice to him saying, June 24th, that's this next Friday, it's a week from today, June 24th, you need to be here for a hearing on contempt of court. And in her original uh, motion for it, she says she wants the court to put him in jail. Put him in jail. Get the money from him. If he doesn't have the money, put him, in, cow. put him in jail until he can pay it. Now, how the hell is that supposed to happen? How are you supposed to make $2,000 from inside a jail cell? I guess the assumption is that you, you've you got the money hidden somewhere, mm-hmm. I suppose buried in a little treasure chest out in the, the backyard. And, of course, every uh, unemployed person has one of these. And that uh, you'll finally you'll go get your friend Jim to uh, dig it up for you. It's, it's crazy. You cannot make money while you're in jail. And so this man was facing an indefinite period of detention. Because it's contempt of court. You can be held forever on contempt of court charges. Mm. It's contempt of court. He was looking at possibly the rest of his life behind bars. That's the way he saw it, I'd imagine. With the complete inability to make any payments because he didn't have a job. And to not be there for his kids. To not be able to be there for his kids. He hasn't seen his daughters in a long time in any sort of an unsupervised manner. And he took his life. He decided he would rather burn himself alive, and continue to be subjected to this so-called justice system. Live free or die. More coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game created by a free stater. It's all in your browser. There's nothing weird to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com and start mining today. It's free. MineThings.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us 
on our website at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the features that we give to you there. Listening options, we've got broadband and dial-up streams, and they offer to you the latest episode of Free Talk Live around the clock. So anytime you want to tune in, you can do that over at listen.freetalklive.com. You'll also get information about our 104 great radio stations across the country that air the show at various times throughout the week. Satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio, our free-to-air KU band channel, and the webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Get all the details on how to get Free Talk Live in your ears over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is just days away. Just uh, the, over the weekend, this is it. It's kicking off on Monday. But if you can't make it out Monday, don't worry. If you can only make it up for Saturday, you should come up for Saturday. Because the whole thing is, is just a great time. As much of it that you can attend, you should. Because liberty-minded people, people who understand what freedom's all about, are going to be together at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. There's going to be everything from family fun activities to a more adult-themed parties uh, to uh, games and contests to all kinds of things. I mean, musical performances. I heard there's 25 performing acts that will be there this year. It's incredible. It is incredible. There's going to be an, a, a dance party, as I understand it, multiple dance parties. There's going to be Buzz's Big Gay Dance Party, or Bigger Day, a Gay Dance Party this year, and also the Unts, the, uh, yeah, that kind of Unts, the, the music, the electronic uh, music party, which is also I think that's happening. very clever, by the way. I'm really impressed with that. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot more happening besides that. There's going to be a dunk tank. I will be on the dunk tank at some point, as will you, Mark, from what I understand. Yeah. There's going to be a roast, too, That'll right? be fun. That's right. Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio is going to be roasted. And <laughs> oh, gosh. So come on out and join the fun and meet some of the most amazing people. If you've heard about some of the folks that uh, we've talked about on the air here, like John Kurtz from Orlando, who's who's helping out with the civil disobedience that's going on down there. Uh, Adam Kokesh from uh, D.C., who is involved in civil, dis- civil disobedience there with the Dan party. Catherine Bleich and John Bush are coming They're out. They're coming out too. So, uh, you know, super, it's going to be a civil disobedience superstar event. There's actually going to be a panel on civil disobedience. There's going to be a panel on where to move in New Hampshire, mm. where they're going to pit the Manchester and uh, Grafton and Keene people against one another. And it's going to be fun. <laughs> and so oh, it's going to be gosh. just a good time. So lots going on. Go to porkfest.com to learn more, to get registered. You can use our discount code to save 20%. Our code is free talk live. It's all run together as one word with no spaces. Go to porkfest, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T Dot com. We're expecting probably about uh, a thousand people at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is this about two hundred more than last year, right? Yeah, I mean it's not all done yet. We'll see. Maybe it'll be more than a thousand, maybe slightly under, but it's going to be big. It's going to be a good time. And oh, I forgot to mention the agorist businesses. You'll be able to buy food and other products from people who haven't begged permission from the state, mm-hmm. and food just tastes better when you know it was made by free people. So come on out and join the fun. Porkfest.com. As we continue here, we'll take your phone calls. Man set himself on fire here in Keene, New Hampshire on Wednesday because the court system basically destroyed his life. And uh, let's go to you and your thoughts, uh, Mike, listening in Norfolk. By the way, if you want the full story on that, I reported on it over at freekeen.com. It's actually pretty far down the page because there's been a lot of other things going on. But if you search for Thomas James Ball, uh, self-immolated, you'll find it there. I'm sure you could probably look for uh, Thomas James Ball on Google as well. But anyway, Mike. Mike in Norfolk, listening to WTAR, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Uh, yes, and thank you so much for the great public service that you're doing by uh, giving us the details on this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a part. You have a partner in uh, this whole enterprise of uh, bringing to light the uh, the plight of abused men uh, here in America, uh, the hidden side of domestic of the domestic violence issue. Uh, your friend in this enterprise is Jim Bohannon. He recently did a show 
uh, on this subject featuring... Jim, is not, uh, uh, Jim Bohan is not my friend, but he is someone who works in the industry. Yeah, we sat next to him at the uh, Tucker's New Media Seminar. So I, sh- I shook his hand and met him, and that's the, the extent that I know Jim Bohannon. Anyway, go ahead with your thoughts. Okay, well, great. Well, uh, anyway, uh, the, the book Abused Men uh, by uh, investigative reporter Philip Cook uh, was uh, discussed uh, on his program uh, earlier this month. And uh, Philip Cook, uh, in this book, uh, it includes a uh, 40-page review of uh, current laws and uh, how this issue is handled. And he goes into the whole uh, issue of uh, mediation services uh, and the whole thing there. But I just wanted uh, you and your audience to be aware uh, that uh, he has formed an organization, a 501c3 organization, uh, to to help people uh, uh, understand more about this issue. Uh, it's called saveservices.org.org. Or uh, if they would like to hear the program in which uh, uh, he discussed the issue for an hour with uh, Jim Bohannon, it's at jimbotalk.net. Okay, so what do you think, I mean, beyond just plugging things? Well, uh, this, this definitely is uh, the greatest travesty of our time, how uh, American courts handle American fathers and husbands. And um, I think that well, I don't agree with that. I think that the American court system is is a travesty on its own, and how they handle every human being that is put uh, into the system that you know doesn't deserve the treatment. But that I'd they agree get. that they're milking, uh, you know, they're milking fathers for what they can get out of them. And I think that it's uh, you know it makes a lot of men crazy. It makes them crazy. Absolutely, no question about that. And uh, you know what a surprise that uh, you should have met uh, Jim Bohannon at the. Uh, 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 the talkers' convention, and uh, I hope you will uh, tell us what was your most surprising. Uh, I'm, I'm particularly interested in um, uh, Mark's uh, comment on this. Uh, what his most surprising discovery was as a result of attending. Uh, that convention. I don't know that I was surprised by much. I mean, it was uh, it was a convention. Uh, things happened. It's business. Uh, I mean, we uh, go for to meet industry movers and shakers and decision makers. And I was I was wondering what was going to happen with uh, Alex Jones and uh, <laughs> how he was going to handle his speech. And, I can't say I was surprised by Alex Jones's speech. It was pretty much what exactly uh, what I expected. I was a bit. I was kind of you know I, you know like it could have gone either way for me and um, you know it was interesting. So basically, the I was here's for me what was I was Jones. surprised by. Thanks for the call. By the way, I was surprised that people will actually pay money to cook their own food at a restaurant. <laughs> oh. So we went to we went to this. Uh, I think it was called a Japanese barbecue place. Uh-huh. Is one of these kind of kind of like a fondue place. They got a little little cooker in the middle of the table, and they brought out some you know like the 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 dork tray where uh, you know just people who don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. uh, you know order this tray the newbie tray yeah yeah we got uh, some chicken some beef and some shrimp and yes um, Ian was just you went to barbecue. At an Asian restaurant, it wasn't barbecue. We had to cook it ourselves in the middle. Right. Of the, okay, right. Um, so I it, pay an upcharge for that when I go to a Korean restaurant. It was delicious. <laughs> the meat was uh, the, the beef was was awesome. I think it was Kobe beef, um, and it was really really good. But Ian just couldn't get beyond the fact that he was charged so much for having to cook his own food. It was outrageous to me, and that, that was. Uh, but the place was busy, <laughs> so clearly. Well, sometimes it's fun to like sit there and be, you know. 
That's cool. Turning over but your, your You meat. can get your own grill at home and <laughs> yeah. uh, cook all the food you want for a fraction of the price. I mean, we're talking about, you know, $40 for a, uh, what? I don't know if you barely qualified as a meal because you don't get to take anything home. <laughs> there I mean, wasn't much. And that's part of the reason, right? Like, yeah. so you're slow, because you have to cook it, you're slowed down so you don't get as many calories. Right. I mean, I was full, no doubt about it. I was full by the end of the meal. But, uh, you know, when you go to a restaurant, you pay $20 for a meal. You expect maybe to have something to take home afterwards. But no, <laughs> not in this case. And you have to do all the damn work. Uh, at least they didn't make us do the dishes. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. In the amazing universe of podcast, one podcast stands alone in excellence of broadcasting and neurology. It's verbalsurgery.com that's right verbalsurgery.com get your brain in gear get it full speed ahead get it going right now baby because you are awesome 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 and this podcast when you listen to it you will feel better right now so go to verbalsurgery.com get with the program baby this is Free Talk Live. Moments uh, here remain. Actually, I'm wrong about that. We've got one more second to go. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Uh, you can bring up anything here. That is the point of the program. That is why we call it Free Talk Live. So still uh, 30 minutes remaining for you to get involved here and get your thoughts on the air about what you want. Whether you want to comment on the man who set himself on fire, committed suicide by self-immolating in front of the courthouse in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, it's uh, it's hitting uh, national, probably international news, which it should, because people need to know about this. It's not something that is just going to be washed away, as I blogged about over at freekeen.com. As I was leaving the courthouse the other day, they were painting over it. Now, it was early in the morning that they'd come out with a scrub brush and a hose, and they were trying to do their best to remove the stain of uh, the scorch from the sidewalk in front of the courthouse, and that that didn't work. I mean, it did uh, remove some of it to uh, some extent, but I did take a photo of the courthouse step there just to preserve uh, what this actually looked like, because I knew that they were going to do something to get rid of it, and they they acted as fast as they could. They had that thing gone by mid-afternoon. It's a good thing he died, because he might have been arrested, as uh, the other activists have, for, like, chalking. Uh, yeah, I suppose they could have been you know? arrested for some sort of, uh, some sort of a vandalism, vandalism charge. Vandalism. That's a possibility, yeah. or graffiti. Mm. Uh, but he was already looking at a lifetime in jail, because that's the reason why he killed himself, was because mm-hmm. he didn't want to go to jail and i don't blame him for that jail is not a not a fun place he didn't kill himself over the jail and he didn't kill himself over the money he killed himself over the injustice that's over a, he hero, killed a series himself of years because his life had gone to crap as I, a result of the state depriving him of his rightful property i, I you know I, I don't disagree but any of these things he's, he said in his um, in his letter that you know the two thousand dollars it's really not that much money i could make a couple mm-hmm. of phone calls i could get the money i wouldn't have to go to jail that's not the issue the issue is is uh, you know and I, I agree with what you're saying his life was turned to crap but it's the it, the injustice is what turned it to crap not the money he could have paid that if he had to. Not the the going to jail. He was a Vietnam War vet. He could have handled that. the The issue was, you know, that what he thought he had fought for wasn't there. It was a lie. Right. And here we are in the state of New Hampshire, which you know the reason New Hampshire. I'm not was in chosen, the state of New Hampshire. I'm in the Shire. <laughs> yes, we are in the Shire. Yeah. So, um, but the state of New Hampshire was chosen 
for the Free State Project the, to locate the geographic, to, the physical yes. uh, geographic location. The state is a concept. Uh, you have to be careful with the words that you use, Michelle, mm-hmm. because they the you, the term state to a lot of people does suggest geography, but the term state actually means the group of men and women calling themselves the state. This yes. uh, violent, coercive society. I stand corrected, and I was referring to the geographical area yes. where a community has been built upon the idea of liberty and the motto uh, live free or die is you know impregnant throughout the the um, generations of people that have lived here the irony he references though, it in his uh, yeah, letter by the way the irony is that um you know people are are willing to call him crazy for living by the very motto of the place where he lives he you did know, mention if he the- can't if he can't live freely then there's no point he, right. he said, yeah, he says that uh, the, the the old general, referring to John Stark, who made the, had the quote, "Live free or die." Death is not the worst of evils. That perhaps death isn't the worst of evils. That's what he says. Yeah, exactly right. And it's not because he wasn't willing to make payments. He had been making payments. He just didn't have a job, so he couldn't make payments. It's hard, I would imagine, for a guy to make payments on kids he can't see. There's that I, too. I but he was be- making the payments. Okay, he was doing that, and he could see his kids, just not unsupervised. You see? Mm. So he wasn't able to actually be the dad that he wanted to be. He, he was a hobbled dad. He was daddy who could only you know, come around when he was told he could come around and under the certain circumstances in which he could come around instead of just having you know, a certain split with his, uh, his wife where he gets the so, kids sometimes for unsupervised. This happened in 2001, right? The divorce began. That, that's when the process began. And the little began. girl was four. Correct. She's about 14 uh, nowadays. She's 14 or 15. I mean, and at age 11, the kids can just determine where they want to live. You would, I, I, perhaps that's the case. I couldn't say. I mean, maybe she was old enough for that. I don't know which. I don't know what she would a want. Stan, kind of been the standard age for a long time. You'd think at fourteen or fifteen she is now that it just wouldn't. Just three more years. I just don't. What difference does it make? You know why? You know, like that's that's the level of upset this guy. He had. didn't want to go to jail, dude. He, he was looking at being jail. in jail. Yes, he would have had to have gone to jail if he, he went into that courtroom and he didn't have three thousand dollars or whatever the total amount was. It was around two to three thousand dollars. If he didn't have that money, they're going to put him in jail. That's what they do to people. You, we had Russell Canning who was here. He's a. Uh, I'm not saying that they're not willing to put somebody in jail. What are you I'm saying? saying? I'm saying that he didn't have to go. He had friends that would give him the money. He, he did so himself. Read the letter. Okay. Well, I've read most of it. I didn't read the whole it damn was thing. It in the front. It's huge. Okay, so so he was willing, so people were willing to put up the money for him. So, Mark, if you don't think it's that he didn't want to go to jail and because he didn't have to go to jail, why do you think that he committed suicide? Because he was upset at the injustice. Okay. That's it. Well, but he's he's been uh, aggressed against for a decade. So it was a period of injustice. It was continuing sure. injustice. But he was upset mostly because he couldn't see his kids on an unsupervised basis. But I'm saying that that would end in three years. I just I don't know. I mean, I feel I, I, you know this guy was clearly backed into a mental corner here. Right. And um, a person can be driven insane by outside situations. Yes. And, and maybe he didn't want to owe his friends money. You know, maybe that was the thing. Maybe he was too proud. To take his friend's money. Maybe he had been a soldier, you know, for a long time, and then he'd been a parent, and he'd been fighting a good fight, and maybe he thought that the best way to get this uh, this issue brought to the forefront of people's minds and discussed was to sacrifice himself. Well, we uh, certainly wouldn't have been talking about this otherwise, I would say. Yeah.
And I have to wonder if this was the guy that we talked to a long time ago, the guy who called in to say that he was uh, protesting the court system yeah. here in New Hampshire. We did have a guy call in, said he was in Troy, said he was uh, protesting for father's rights, that kind right, of thing. Right, out on the side of the road in the middle of the winter. This guy was out there all day long. He was out there for like an eight-hour day in the middle of the, the, you know, the brittle, cold winter here in New Hampshire protesting uh, this court, this horrif- horrifically inhumane uh, court system that drives people to, uh, to immolate themselves. So anyway, all the details on that are over at freekeen.com. You can also, as I mentioned, you can just Google Thomas James Ball, and Freekeen is the uh, the first uh, first result. So that'll get you right to the information. We had the one guy call in and talk about you know fathers' rights and and things, and and um, as you know, I was divorced, and my then husband and I agreed to what would you know how we should raise the kids and and what he would be responsible for and what I would be and how often I'd take the kids over to Europe to see him and how much money he was going to give me et cetera et cetera well, it's and, nice that you were able to do that because nobody called the police in your case well right? we were able to do that until um he got an attorney and decided that he wanted to go ahead and um make me pay for some things that he, you know, he thought I should pay for. And so he was going to use the state, which he did. Mm-hmm. And then he was able to hire a psychiatrist to try to have me declared incompetent, et cetera. And all of that backfired. Not only did he not get custody, but the state told my husband then that he could have two weeks of supervised visitation a year in the town in which wow. we reside. Right. And, you know, all these things. And I just looked at him the whole time. Saying, Why'd you do that? Yeah. yeah. Let's go to your calls, your thoughts. Ron is listening in Delaware to WGMD-FM. Hello, Ron. Yeah, how you doing? Hey, Ron, what's on your mind? All right, look, I got a bad situation to talk to you about, about a hearing that took place here in the state of Delaware. Tell me about it. Okay, well, here's what happened. Back in 1994, I was a truck driver for 30-some years. I received an award from a company for my injuries. My spine was snapped in three places. On top of that, I received a large sum of money back from a disability pension because I couldn't work no more. At the time, I was married for uh, 24 years. I had a son that was 23 years old. Both my wife and son were, well, my son started first, taking every dime of my money. I helped him with houses. He put liens against them. He sold them. He burned everything out. He had. A, I helped him with a trucking company. He put a, a, almost one million two uh, million two hundred thousand a year. He was grossing with this company. I never got a penny back out of it. I put my wife into a daycare. I put one hundred and ten thousand dollars into a daycare that she wanted to start opening and start, you know, mm-hmm. getting kids in there. I did all this for her, and when the bottom line came down to it. We wound up going to court after 38 years of uh, marriage. She went into the court in the Dover, Delaware Family Court, bought falsified paperwork there, signed by her, dated by her, cashed by her checks. She told the judge, I never had an accident. The judge said, well, that's okay. We don't Ron, stick now. with us. We'll bring you back to tell the rest of your story here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Now moments remain, and you can take control here in the remaining moments at 800-259-9231. You may bring up what you want. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Uh, By the way, you can join us on our website. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. You can do that over at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in three bucks a month to the show. We take that in, reinvest it, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board from around the world and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So once again, go to amp.freetalklive.com. And you can sign up, by the way, with any major credit card uh, through PayPal. You can use Visa or MasterCard right there on our website. Once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Don't miss the SACL CAI Fun Compound at Porkfest 2011. You can get your drink on and play some cornhole, which I've never played before, so maybe I'll give that a try. It's a beanbag game. The Fun Compound will be... Well, does it require skill? Uh, yes, a oh. great deal. Oh, boy. I don't know. <laughs> Not sure how that's going to go for me. I have a really hard time taking that anything seriously that's named cornhole. cornhole. Mm-hmm. The fun compound will be the home of Fixed Brewing. You can get your custom limited run uh, Porkfest commemorative beer mug and fill it with a tasty beverage. Try the sticky porcupine, Molotov, Hefe, or even the gr- uh, gluten free. That's with two threes. Also featuring the agorist drinking fountain. Wake yourself up with a spicy Bloody Mary. Chill out with a nice cold glass of Atlas Chugged or Liberty, and get your lady where she's trying to go every time with the tall El Osborne. Named after, of course, Jason Osborne, who's putting the Sakel CAI Fun Compound tent together. Located directly across from the outdoor stage, the Fun Compound will be the place to party at Porkfest 2011. And knowing Jason Osborne, that is not a boast. That is, uh, <laughs> that is the truth. The Sakel CAI Fun Compound. Liquor in the front, cornhole in the rear. As we go back to Ron, listening in Delaware to WGMD-FM. Ron, you're back on Free Talk Live. You were uh, telling us your story about how you apparently were in some sort of an accident given a fairly large settlement. And then after uh, that, your family apparently took you for a ride. That's it. And not only that, the judge. This judge was unbelievable. I paid a lawyer to go with me. He never even showed up at the hearing. And... The judge didn't even care, told the, everything I did. I opened a daycare, put $100,000 in there. I even had IRS papers there. She blew it off the table, didn't even want to be bothered with it. I told her my wife owed me $110,000. That was the agreement that when she sold the daycare, I was going to get my money back. Did you have anything judge, in writing Yeah, that chance? was going to be my yeah. question. Was anything written down? Well, on the tax papers it was. But there, No, no, what? no. Was there an agreement between you and her beyond just verbal? No. No, Oops. no. Oh, yeah, verbal, yeah. No, yeah. but but that yeah, was it. it. All you had was her verbal agreement. Yeah, it's, yeah uh... that if it ever got sold, I'd get my money back and for helping her build the daycare up. 
It's tough. Right. I mean, these verbal agreements. This is how you do business in a house. There's no doubt about right. it. Right. You don't. You don't do between every, spouses. Between spouses, yeah. you, you don't write her. everything down. Yeah. But when it comes to large amounts of money like this, you totally get it. I mean, it would. You would think the judge would say, "Well, yeah, he put one hundred and ten thousand dollars into this. He should get one hundred and ten thousand dollars out, or mm-hmm. some something like that." That right. seems fair to me. And, and a person whose job it is to arbitrate, uh, you know, b- disputes would would you would think they would act in a fair fashion. Well, she wouldn't let this uh, this form that this lawyer was supposed to fill out called an R-52 or something. He never even sent it in. When I called him about the paperwork, he said, you want your paperwork? Make an appointment. Come over and get it. So are, you, should... on, are you on good terms with your either your ex-wife or your son at this point? No. No. Mm-hmm. How could he be? I mean, they took him for a ride and they screwed him yeah. over. And, you know, it's just so sad because, right, you're with somebody, you trust them, you've committed your life to them, and you believe that they're going to stay with you. And then all of a sudden, they just just decide to ruin the relationship over some money. It's just so sad. She, she told the judge, I had nothing to do with anything, that her and her son did the whole thing. And the judge said, oh, okay. And in the court of Delaware, when you bring paperwork in, they give you a paper, and it says when they're positive, you are not allowed to bring any false document or any type of paperwork in here. If you do, you're automatically disqualified. Well, she bought a load of checks in there that were made out to her, cashed by her, signed by her, and she did it so all. So she committed fraud. They were mine. She committed oh, fraud. Yeah. yeah. She perjured herself like 50 times in the courtroom. She told the judge. This man that was never operated on, I've been with him for 30-some years. Well, he never had an operation. You know, you hear you hear Ian and Mark and I and, and anyone else that co-hosts and people in this community talk about voluntarism and how, you know, we believe that people ought to be uh, free to do whatever they want as long as they don't, um, you know... Uh, initiate force or aggression against people, and part of that is fraud. And fraud, fraud. counts as that. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. And, and so, you know, within within our community, there are a couple different things that would happen to that person. One, and I think a very powerful tool, is that she and, and your son would be ostracized, and pretty soon they wouldn't have anyone to do business with. So those weak hands, I know it may not be much consolation to you right now, but those kind of weak hands, um, they, they're not going to survive in the business world because they're going to cheat other people too. So, I mean, the one thing that I can take away from this and that maybe listeners want to take away from this is even if you love the person you're getting into a business with maybe some sort of a written witnessed agreement uh, would be useful right. because even if it's just written it could still be claimed to be forged so maybe if you're dealing with large sums of money and it's it's a big deal if you lose that money I mean, if it's a, a couple of grand and that's no big deal to you then whatever but if it's something that's going to be important to you uh, then t- take whatever the, net, the method- larger the amount the more likely you should have some kind of written documentation just right. be witness it, it by a lawyer or something it, like that or a notary or something for the very least i had a i had a lawyer he never showed up i yeah. paid him he never showed up he never sent the paperwork in he never did nothing maybe she paid him more or something like that <laughs> I, I don't know Speculation. i really don't know but this was some kind of a conspiracy between these three i Boy, mean Ron. they were just, just screwed me over the court i was told i ain't allowed to talk don't you say nothing you sit down and i'm like well where the hell's my civil rights at in this i ain't allowed to do nothing I even had a female cop come over and threaten me right in the courtroom. Incredible. I was the only, I was the only man in there. The, my wife was in there, female. Her lawyer, female. The judge, female. Well, you don't hate, you don't hate women now, do you? Hold on there, Ron. You don't, you don't hate women uh, well, now. I'm just telling you. And the three cops in there were all females. Well, I don't know. That sounds like a coincidence to me. me. 
the the state will roll over right over top of you anyway, just because that's what they you know that's what they do. But I'm sorry to hear your story, and I thank you for telling it tonight. And hopefully, it'll be instructive to uh, those who who uh, get into similar situations. And I thank you, Ron, for the call. And, sorry, dude. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Alex in New Jersey on the amp lines. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I was recently uh, on Lou Rockwell. And there LouRockwell.com, a... one of the most popular liberty-oriented sites out there. Yeah, and there was a disturbing post on there about uh, 4x.com. Um, according to some Dodd-Frank Act, enacted by Congress, it's going to ban U.S. residents from trading over-the-counter precious metals. Oh, dear. And it's going to go into effect Friday, July 15, 2011. Now, what is this called and again? The Dodd-Frank Act, D-O-D-D. And you're saying this has passed? This has already been signed into law by the president? Yeah, it was signed into law in 2010, but that specific provision isn't taking effect, I guess, until... Uh, July 15th, 2011. Well, then don't trade over the counter. Come to Porkfest and just trade over this little blanket. <laughs> so you're yeah, suggesting, totally. though, but that this is going to make it illegal to do any business in gold and silver? Uh, I don't think so. I'm actually not really clear on it because I don't know much about Forex or how it works. From what, what is I, Forex? From, from what Forex I understand... Exchange. From what I understand, over-the-counter as opposed to paper exchange. So it's one thing if you have stock certificates for gold or silver, but it's another thing if you take possession of the actual. So meaning I can't go down to the pawn shop and sell gold and silver? Is that the suggestion here? Uh, It it might be. I'm not even sure. I tried calling Midas Resources, and they had no clue about it. So Hmm. I'm I'm just Where did you get this info? uh, This is on uh, LouRockwell.com. I see. Okay. Under new, the the title of the blog is uh, "New Metals Trading Restrictions" is the the article title. But uh, you know, I I don't know anything about this. Perhaps maybe your listeners can call in and give their two cents because I'm not familiar with all of this financial. Uh, According to the uh, blog post here, it's uh, let's see a notice that came in the mail from a forex broker. Apparently, it's illegal to trade currencies against precious metals now. Uh, so I don't know what that means to trade a currency against. A precious metal. Uh, From Forex.com, quote, we wanted to make you aware of some upcoming changes to their product offering. As a result of the Dodd-Frank Act enabled by U.S. Congress, a new regulation prohibiting U.S. residents from trading over-the-counter precious metals, including gold and silver, will go into effect Friday, July 15th. In conjunction with this new regulation, Forex.com must discontinue metals trading for U.S. residents on Friday, July 15th at the close of trading at 5 p.m. Eastern. As a result, all open metals positions must be closed by July 15th, 2011. So, so that's too much tradesy news. Like Michelle used to do trading. Does that mean anything to you? I trade funds, and so um, no, it doesn't really. Tra- it doesn't mean much to me for one thing because I get my silver placed into my hand. <laughs> you know, that's so I don't. I don't trade the current. I don't trade currencies. But what does it mean to trade over the counter precious metals? I guess that's the op- ultimate question here. What What does that legally mean? I don't even know what that means in common terms. Doesn't mean anything to me as long as somebody will sell it to me. That's yeah. all that matters. Well, to me. I still plan on buying gold and silver, so I guess we'll see. Gold.freetalklive.com. That's right. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. 
Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. 